Yo, yo, this is Treasy. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the On Ear Network. We know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves. So we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity. The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel. And Grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories. And of course, Kind of Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV. So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show. So uh, what you think about BMF? The hell that stands for? Big Meat Flannery? Hell no, you think I'm conceited or something? Don't answer that. BMF stands for Black Mafia Family, fool. And it represents everything we about to. Shit, we black. Our crew is structured like the mafia. And we all a family. Alright, that means alright. Nah, that shit is dope as fuck. <laughs> I ain't gonna get yeah, you know that shit is dope. Grams of Snow podcast, your uh, friendly neighborhood drug dealer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, the, that's one way to describe it. Your favorite drug dealer, crime, Rico, Rico, fucking political Ponzi scheme, organized crime, all that street gang enthusiast podcast. We just like for the entertainment value in it. We do yes. not partake in any of it. We do not condone any of it. And if you go to jail behind it, we gonna we'll find, talk about you. We gonna talk about you. Yeah, Hi, that's friends. just the bottom line. You know, no disrespect. It just is what it is. We're gonna keep your legacy alive. That's all. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, man. Grams of Snow. Uh, here to talk about the season finale of BMF on Stars. Hi, friends. Season one, episode eight. We got through it. We got through it. I'm 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 low key <laughs> thankful this is over six. I'm low key thankful. I'm glad this I'm glad this was actually made. Yes. I'm glad they actually made this. It was important. It was important. It is important. Correct. But uh they lost me about halfway halfway through the halfway through the journey, they lost me six. I'm gonna keep it at that way. They did. And it's just like they it could have been it and it still can be. Mm-hmm. I am praying that they're going to take feedback and tweak what they need to for season two. I hope so. I pray. Um, because it has the potential to be so good. Yeah, it does. So good. It's just they wanted, like, 50 Cent swears that he's Stanley, <laughs> and that he actually has to make this shit like the Marvel Universe. Like, I don't want a fucking love story. Right. I didn't come here for that. You didn't, Oh, okay. You didn't come for the B. Mickey love story? No. B. Mickey and friends? Get your dick wet and move on. Like, yeah, that's a fact. Nobody cares. That's a fact. And it like overtook shit. Like, no, like I don't come on, bro. Yeah, that's a storyline that really shouldn't have been, to be honest, but I get it. And just the incredulousness of stuff. Yeah. Like how fifty bullets hit a wall and not the person standing on like, come on, just yeah. just enough. Yeah, man, they did a lot of wild shit. Uh before we get into this episode though, there's a few things that need to be said. Yes. One, rest in peace, young Dolph. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Street legend. Um, wasn't my favorite rapper by by a long stretch, but I fucked with him. 
He was a cool cat. Got a chance. You know, I, I directed the um Half of the Time video for uh, Young Money Young. Then Young, yeah. Dolph, Young Dolph was in that joint. So I got a chance to kick it a little bit with him during that. And, you know, he was he was a street nigga. You know what I'm saying? From my understanding, though, he was Nipsey-esque in Memphis. It, it seems like it. Like, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it, uh, you know, buying properties and doing a lot of things in the community. It seemed like he was about his city. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't really know too much of the brother history, but it it does seem as such. And it's one of my best friends, her extreme favorite rapper is Young Dolph. Like, she is not okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'm so, sorry. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, but he was like Nipsey in the way that he dealt with the young boys under him. Mm-hmm. Remember that conversation? I think that it was Thug or Lil Baby or somebody had and said, if you're going to stop, I'll pay you to stop. Right. He did that with people. If you were rapping under Dolph, mm-hmm. you absolutely positively could not do anything illegal no more. Yeah. I'm going to make sure you're good, but you got to get out of that shit. I think Thugger, Thugger said that about Lil Baby. Yes. I think he paid Lil Baby to stop. Yeah. And yeah. he was like that. Like he, they weren't allowed to do anything illegal anymore. Either you in or you out. Mm-hmm. And um, he taught them about properties. He taught them about money. Like if you were part of Paper Route, it wasn't just you're signed to this label. Let's make some music. It was you're signed to this label. We're a family. Yeah. Let's make some, a legacy. Yeah. Um, and I think that speaks through, they still held that turkey giveaway, Thanksgiving giveaway. Mm. And I know like, of course, right, duh, but his body not even in the ground yet. They're right. still grieving. Mm-hmm. And their first thought was not to do it for him, but to do it because it needed to be done. Right. So that's just like, oh, they instilled it in him and he instilled that in them. Right. And they still knew how to do it without him. I think that's what spoke to me. It was like, oh. Y'all can still function in the way that he taught you without him there. Yeah. That lets me know that he taught you something. He didn't just do stuff and had you around. There you go, man. That's, yeah. That's, that's that decentralized leadership we need in the black community. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, now, he sound like, uh, you know, like I said, on a, on a rap tip, on a, on a lyrical tip, he wasn't really. Yeah. You know. he. he you Memphis know, is a, an acquired taste. <laughs> I love their rap, but it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but. But as a man, absolutely. As mm-hmm. I think a leader for a community, it seemed like he was he was he was thorough, man. And shout out to my boy Mario, man. That was like his favorite rapper too. So yeah. same thing, you know. He he going through a little grieving process, you know. We we all do it when we get attached to some of these artists, man. But uh, yeah. So rest in peace to uh, rest in peace to Young Dolph. Sending love to his wife and children. He has two small children. Beautiful family. Beautiful. Yeah, man. That's yeah. that'd be the worst part about it. Is is you know is. His brother had a beautiful family, two very young kids. His wife had just made, started a nonprofit called Black Men Deserve to Grow Old. Damn. She was foreshadowing with that one. And she made it because she lost someone to gun violence. Well, you know, man, and, yeah. I, and I hope this don't come off as insensitive because I don't mean it that way, man. But you just, you know, we talk about this. We talk about this drug shit because it's entertaining. Right, like with shows and stuff like that, man. But the reality of it is, is that it's got real some real lethal repercussions, man. You know what's crazy with Dolph? I don't, I don't think, I don't know what happened. I'm, but right, I don't think it was drug. His beasts were not drug related. My bad. Let me let me. The cause, street cause shit in general. Because you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah just street shit in general. Yeah. I don't mean like drug shit. I just mean yeah, like street. Yeah, beasts were not drug related. Yeah, just street shit in general, man. It's got repercussions, man. So, you know. It, it, yeah, I should have made that a little bit clear because I didn't mean like he was into. I don't know what he did outside of rapping like that. What we can say for by his character and what he always said, it, if he was doing anything, it was not drugs. It was not drugs. That yeah. was not something he was playing with. Yeah. Because it was so dangerous and he has children. Right, right. 
but yeah, man. But yeah, long story short, uh, we lost a, we lost a leader. Yeah, and um, it just you know had to be recognized. Yeah. Second thing is on a little bit of a lighter note. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Jay Z Hall of Fame thing? Shout out to Skills. Okay, hero. Yeah, shout out Mad Skills, the, the OG for uh. So Jay Z got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yes, and there was a song or not a song but it was pretty much like a an acapella of yeah. like this mashup of all the like a, a lot of different jay-z lyrics it was a message through his lyrics it was yeah. a, correct and, and it was pasted together um and read off by some of the biggest names in show business the biggest being blue ivy carter blue ivy beyonce kevin hart all grown up blue ivy's old enough to have braces and a ponytail and a braided ponytail yeah yeah baby yep y'all are y'all are attached to blue ivy and that's weird but it's cool it's not real okay yeah the beehive we our attachment to blue ivy is she's really the boss of beyonce that's just the running joke that she's beyonce's boss got it it's not like an attachment to her it's just oh she's been managing beyonce since she was born got it got it that makes sense but yeah but but you know that's what that's what my flex was is that oh okay there was there was some you know i was privy to a lot of conversation early on about it those are his stories to tell because there's a lot of really great stories that came out. Of, oh, long story short, Mad Skills, uh, if anybody, you know, Virginia legend. Yes. One of the first, if not the first artist signed from Virginia um, to a major label, Mad Skills from Richmond, Virginia. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, he. I think he was the first signed to a major label from Virginia. He was the first nigga to really rep Virginia in rap music. I did not know that. Yeah. That, that's why he is a treasure. He has his own day in richmond i think yeah, it's like february yeah. 13th or something like that february 12th somewhere in somewhere i know it's around valentine's day in february and um yeah but that you know that's the og man and uh he you know he was commissioned to help write that because mm-hmm. you know Qu- quest love directed it and him and quest love are really good friends yeah man. so anyway man i i hope uh i hope he has plans to tell you all that full story because there's a lot there's a lot of you should information that. well i'm I'm talking third person like I'm not already doing that. Oh, no, like, come on. I'm <laughs> yeah. say, how are you saying but, that and but, not like jumping on but, that? You know, so I'm pretty sure he's going to come with a story. He's, I would like to sit he, in on that recording. I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to listen. He's got his own podcast called Hip Hop Confessions. And, and if he's going to talk good. about it, it's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. If he's going to talk about it, it's going to be on Hip Hop Confessions. So pull out your phone. Go ahead and look up Hip Hop Confessions right now. He's an amazing storyteller in general. Yeah. So even before that comes out, he is. He's an amazing storyteller. Yeah, he is, man. But go ahead and subscribe to that pod. He's got some really good conversations up there. Like he had a really good one with Will I Am, mm-hmm. where Will I Am talked about uh, Will I Am was discovered by Easy E. What? Oh no, the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. Will what? I Am was discovered by Easy E. Like Easy E signed him personally. Excuse me. Yeah, and so Will I Am gives a lot of really great stories about Easy and the things that Easy E taught him. It's the weirdest shit. That's it, worse than Ray J being the reason that Biggie and Tupac beef happened. Oh, come on, that's that's weird. And then, but uh, I'm just saying, like, how did how did that how did this happen? Yeah, <laughs> and he also in that same episode, Will I Am tells a really good story about how he bought Michael Jackson to a Prince concert. Yeah, subscribe and listen to Hip Hop Confessions, man. Some of the greatest hip hop stories. On the way home, I'm going directly to that one. Some of the greatest hip hop stories, man. So yeah, but shout out to Skills for writing that. Um, He is the number one ghostwriter that the industry has ever seen. So anyhow, um, 
Uh, I also want to give one more shout out before we start our episode. Uh, if you listen to us, you know, pretty frequently with BMF, we've shouted out a podcast called This, this Week in Culture. This Week in Culture. Uh, what up, dog? Uh, shout out to, to, to Ant and Jay. Um, they do a BMF breakdown. They also do an insecure breakdown. I mean, they do things that are for the culture, period. Yeah. You know, but these those are just the two shows that they're dealing with right now. So, you know, we like to steer our listeners to them because they're actually from Detroit, especially for BMF. They're from Detroit. So some of the specific nuances and things about that area, geography or like, you know, crews that were running around in that area in that time, they're going to get a lot more specific about because they are from that area. But um, a really cool thing happened, which is their last episode for, for BMF episode seven. There was a caller that left a voice note for them because they give voice notes every week and they'll play them like live on the podcast. And that caller said that they found their podcast through listening to Grams of Snow. Which is fire. That is super yeah. fire. Mm-hmm. I wish he'd have left his name. Uh, the caller said he was from Dayton, Ohio. Um, shout out to you, bro. If you listening to this, man, thank you for calling. Thank you for listening to their pod. Number one. Thanks for listening to ours. Thank you for listening to ours. Number yeah. two. That should be number one. right? Yeah. Thank you for listening to ours. Number one. <laughs> thank you for taking the initiative to listen to our words and listen to this week in culture. Cause they have some cool brothers doing shit. And then three, thank you for mentioning us on that voice note, because you know, we, we, you know, we have like a, it's like a, it's a real competitive but super friendly feud with this week in culture. So, you know, just having moments like that lets them know that the love is really genuine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what we need in this podcast space, man. We need everybody to support each other. So so shout out to you, caller, man. And I wish I knew your name, but uh, you that brother, man. So, <laughs> uh, I think that's enough for the shout outs. We about 14 minutes in, mm-hmm. 12 minutes in, somewhere around there. Uh, you ready to get into this? Yeah. Breakdown. Cause I, I feel I I your posture, you got your you got your little legs crossed on the couch. My legs are all and my <laughs> I am perfectly normal height, thank you very much. Uh, well I didn't oh that I didn't I didn't mean to disrespect no, the length I'm of your legs. about my, my, my height. I, I wasn't even thinking that. I was just being funny. But you just in the ready to talk shit posture. I feel like I'm always in this posture, but it's probably because I'm usually ready to ready talk, to talk shit. shit. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, okay, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into it then. What's happening to you? I'll be fine whenever you do what the fuck I said. Security on me is going to be light tomorrow when he meets his new plug at the repair shop on High Street. <laughs> Man, you think I'm fucking stupid? Ain't no way that bitch-ass nigga could be copping shit without no shooters. Man, outside his brother, Meech ain't trusting nobody these days, especially not around no plug. How the fuck you know that? Because I'm fucking this boy. All right, six the way and it's upon us. Tis. I want you to just go ahead and just, just take it and run. Just take the baton and run, six. Where do you weigh this episode? You know, I'm going to have to explain myself during the breakdown. Okay. But I'll give this a break. Oh, all right. I'll give it a break. You'll you'll okay, so you give you just giving you like big L, just giving out bricks, huh? <laughs> no, because it has especially as the finale it has to be weighed against the rest of the show Mm. and how it performed as a finale for the show that it was the finale of okay so and and that and we'll get deeper into that but in that instance and it this is a break yeah yeah okay so basically because it functioned properly as a finale for the seven episodes before it got it yes all right i'm gonna give this shit half a break 
fair. Just to be controversial. No, no, no. That's probably the truth. Okay. The truth of it standalone yeah. is less than half a break. If this was a st- if this was not a finale, right. it was going to get a, br- a half a break for me. Got it. I see what they were trying to do. I, I agree with you. I think that they wrapped up. I think that they wrapped up certain things pretty good. Mm-hmm. My problem is those things that they wrapped up were mega anticlimactic. They were like very ultra. Oh, this is it for me. Right. Like okay. you, you, we got this invested in that to turn into this. Right. Stan Lee. I'm surprised 50 Cent wasn't in this bitch. So, uh, you know, for me, it, it was pretty much that, man. Like, um, it was just a lot of weird shit that happened in this episode that I, I was that I just didn't understand. Neither did they. Why why we went in this direction? You yeah. know, not trying to sh- listen, man. I think overall as a series, this was cool. It was cool. I'm, I'm gonna do season two. Yeah. I'm gonna watch season two. Well, right. Mean, it was. We'll co- see if we'll how we feel about breaking season two down. <laughs> I'm not mad at it to carry on we, tradition. We probably will, guys. Yeah. It's just it has to be better, bro. It does. It does. And if it's not, I'm gonna come in here. We are gonna come in Trash here and, it. And, and and yeah, we are gonna talk <laughs> shit the same way we've been talking shit. You know, uh, I'm I'm like me and you talk off mic. I'm glad that they. I'm glad that they followed through with the story. I'm glad that they're building a legacy for the Flannerys that exists outside of the physical drug trade, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that, you know, that's, that's the coolest. I know one of the, one of the storylines that seems like it's going to happen here is them opening up this, this car or the, like, uh, basically like a car service, right? Yeah, like a black car service, you know, and yeah. that whole speech that Mr. Flannery gave about, you know, passing on businesses to your family members, that was obviously an important message that they wanted to pass on. So I look message. at I look at this show, especially with like Nicole Flannery being a producer, T being a producer. Um, you know, it sounds like that their family, no matter what kind of influence they have on this, their family is getting money from this show. Right. And I think that f- for that reason alone, this show is important to me, is that it's helping to helping to solidify a legacy. Right. And I think also old habits die hard mm-hmm. and big meat is not going to come home and be broke. He's not going to come home and live normal. So I think that setting him up to remain in a lifestyle that he deems comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just monetarily wise, just the way he'll be able to move still the connections he'll be able to make the elbows he can rub. Mm-hmm. He still gets to be big Meech. Yeah. Um, and if we're being honest, this is going to take a stain off of it. This is going to help, quote unquote, clean them up. Yeah. yeah. Well, you control the narrative for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you can. It becomes palatable. Yeah. The narrative is the same, but it just becomes a story now versus what actually happened. Right. So I think that, like you said, if, if for no other reason than that, I'm appreciative of this. I'm appreciative of it. But just as a show, though, this jump was this jump was bouncing off every wall. I don't really. It's just so many decisions here. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why they made. Um, Donnell Rawlings a necrophiliac. <sighs> Bruh. That was so weird. Yeah. Look. Let's do it. Let's yeah, just yeah. Break, break this bitch down. So that's where it's at. You give it a break on consignment, basically. Yes. And this is a half a brick to me. They need to come with the rest of this motherfucking payment before I give them any more <laughs> any more traction. We actually saw okay. them rocks after this. You're not getting a brick. That's it, dog. All right. Let's get into the breakdown. Broke a little girl or something? Yeah, yeah, I been to that shit. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. And you consider her loyal? Yeah, she's straight. 
that you trust her with your life. How about mom? Or Terry's? Yeah? My bad, dog. This whole Lamar shit's got me on one right now. I'm gonna reevaluate everything. But loyalty can never be taken for granted. Uh, I already know. Is that, do you want to start there? Do you want to start with this morgue? I, you know what? Let's start with the morgue and get this shit out the way. <laughs> Why do you got Ashy Larry as a as a ne as a necrophiliac telling jokes, patching a nigga up, telling jokes, uh, uncomfortable jokes about fucking with dead women in their titties? Like, and they weren't even good titties, if we're being honest. Well, they were laying down. Gravity got to them. They natural titties. I, I'm not gonna hold that against no, a no, dead no, body. No, no, no. I. I have natural, like I know what natural titties should look like. Right. Those weren't even good ones. Like, even as far as natural titties go. Right. I'd be thinking that fake titties be bad titties, to be honest, because a little sag on a titty make it good sometimes. A little sag a little on a titty. A little weight on it. You need a little weight on it. It does, man. Yeah. You know, t titties that sit up, I mean. They make me feel like you're childish. <laughs> like 16 year old. Interesting. Have titties like that. Interesting. I've never. Your titties I'm, ain't got no wear and tear on them. Like, you ain't. Like, I've, <laughs> Whoa! You ain't been alive long enough for me to be looking at him. It's uncomfortable. I put my seatbelt on. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you drive. I'm gonna hold the, As a girl, hold I the handle. Yeah. I just feel like no, for real. Like I love boobies. Period. If okay. I was a man, I'd be a breast man. Okay. Um, but sometimes some fake boobies, right? Because some people get the good droppage. You know, they look okay. normal still. But sometimes y'all be getting fake titties, and they set up like straight. Right. Only 17-year-olds have sitting up straight titties. So it's like, I don't want to look at you. Yeah. Because that's childish. Like, your titties should have a little sag on them. That's all. Yeah. You need a little fluffage. Got it. Mm -hmm. I, maybe that's a marketing tactic, though. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of brothers that are enticed by young girl titties. I, I think it's a I we think it's dive, a whole demographic. We won't dive into that. Yeah. I think it's a whole demographic. See. I want both sides abolished, so we will not dive into that. <laughs> yeah, because uh that's a little too mucho. But I hear you. I receive what you said. But yeah. Ashley Larry was indeed a necrophiliac. For what? That, you see what I'm saying, For Six? What? what was the point of that? We didn't need that. What was the point of what was the point of them? See, he could have just sewed him up and that could have just been that. He could have just been a neighborhood nigga. In every neighborhood, there's a nigga who, you know, worked at a hospital or been to war or some shit. Yeah. And he can fix your arm up. Right. What are we doing? Why introduce a whole character with a very disgusting habit? A very, a very, a very felonous habit. A very mm -hmm. felonous, like, pastime. Like, why are we in a morgue? Yeah. Why are we in a morgue? Uh, that's, he could have gone to a vet. <laughs> if you could work on humans, you could work on rabbits. <laughs> Shout out to our succession. Yo, did you see how succession ripped our battle royale comment? No, 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 dead ass, dead ass. They didn't rip our comment. Whatever, we'll get into it in our succession podcast. They definitely ripped You're our comment. Seven minutes on that number. They definitely ripped our. You you should be on my side with this one. <laughs> you just mad because I'm I wrote real, it. No, I'm realistic. <laughs> Realistic. Who you think they who who you think they stole it from? I think those people's last name is Roy, and we are not talking about the white exactly. people right now. In three Wrong seasons, show. they could have talked about Royale, and they Wrong didn't show. until we said Royale. Do you want a Royale with cheese for that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, nigga. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say out of that whole morgue scene, the um the painkillers joke was funny. Twas. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you need Ray, some painkillers. Who the fuck your painkiller here? We're in a morgue, bro. Like and another I feel, thing, he should have gone to a vet. 
He really should have gone to a vet. A vet would have some ketamine for him. Mm, okay. I feel like Ashy Lair, excuse me, Donnell Rollins. I feel like Donnell Rollins, uh, I feel like he improvised that whole scene. Probably. He's an amazing comedian. Yeah, he's pretty funny. But it didn't, that scene didn't need to exist. It wasn't necessary. It just wasn't. Yeah. It just wasn't. Um, But cool. DC Young Fly looked like he belonged in 1973, no matter what he got on. Yeah. DC Young Fly funny to me. What fucking year is it in this show, what by the way? I don't know, man. They, they they make a lot of weird choices. But no, that, that feels like an 80s get up, though, with, with DC Young Fly was wearing in his junk. Until they go to the gambling juke joint. Yeah. That looked like whole so, Harlem Nights. Fam, no. Nah. Who's doing a wardrobe in this bitch? I just saw a nigga with a fucking encrusted Cuban choker, like the ones we wear today. Okay. I'm sure that was a thing in the 80s. It was not. How you know? You you wasn't you wasn't here till 90. First off, more 1989. Thank you so much. Okay, you wasn't but, here till 90, nigga. But no, you can look at it. You can look at that Cuban link. It's literally like the one you can buy off GLD.com right now. Yeah, it might have been. I mean, That's they messed where up. They got her. It's a choker for crying out loud. Like they messed up and with it's the silver. They messed up with the milk carton. They got a lot of things. So many things are wrong. Yeah. That, the, I'll tell you the number one thing for me. It's like the language. Like the certain things that they say, I know for a fact they weren't saying this in the 80s. I know they weren't saying reaching. You reaching. Yeah. They didn't say that in the 80s. You that know. wasn't a thing. I don't even think they called police popo. I I wasn't, that wasn't until like the that wasn't until like the mid 90s where popo came along. What did y'all call them back then? Um... Police, no, the um, pigs. the pigs. I mean, Pope, Pope, yeah. See, I remember Popo probably like around 94, 93, like when Bone Thugs started hitting the scene, Popo became a thing. Okay. Now, I'm sure it was probably a thing before that. So, let me, I'll, I'll back because I mean, even in the 80s, I was born in 81, so I wasn't like, what do a, you know? I wasn't like a super real nigga. <laughs> what do you know? In the 80s, you know what I mean? But, but, what year is it? Yeah. Um, damn, what else we call police, man? I don't know because we call them Jake's, we call them 12. Well, I think Jake's, Jake's might came be around a Virgin- the mid 90s. Is Jake's a Virginia no, thing? Jake's was actually, Jake's is actually old though. Jake's is actually very old. I think Jake's is like the 60s and the 70s. Okay, because people never, people outside of this area are always like, what are the Jake's? I'm like, what do y'all call no, the police? No, fucking did on the low from the Jakes and the Taurus, trying to get my hands on some Grants like Horus. That's all I'm saying. That I say Jake to people from New York even, and they'd be like, what is that? Come on, man. They ain't listen to Puffy Verse on All About the Benjamins. They're children. Yeah. I remember, I remember, Um. so before Will Smith used Jiggy. We're on a tangent. Sort of, but not really. Um. Before Will Smith used getting, you know, Jiggy with getting Jiggy with it, right? I remember... Shaheem. Shaheem was my favorite uh, kid rapper, like, growing up. He okay. was, like, my favorite kid rapper. And Shaheem had a um, had a song called Jiggy Coming, and he was talking about the police, Jiggy Coming. So, like, when Will Smith came out with Jiggy with it, I was confused, because I was like, no, I thought Jiggy was police. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, but, but outside of Shaheem, I never heard nobody call um, uh, police Jiggy. I guess that's a play on Jake's, Jiggy, Jake's. Anyway, um, shout out to Shaheem. Uh, yeah, a lot of, just a lot of weird time capsule choices here. Man. Yeah, like, it's just, they're doing bad wardrobe choices, I feel like. Right. Um, I feel like the wardrobe person is using this as a chance to get their shit off. Okay. But you have to do it in the right decade. In the designated decade. Okay. Like, you can't just get some fly shit off. It has to be, like, 
It's a, this is a time piece. It's, it's a time context. period piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like you can't. Niggas got Google. We can actually like Wikipedia certain shit. You understand? Yeah. Like yeah. I and there's some stuff that we're wearing now. Yeah. And we love the seventies, baby. Like we we know what it just just be looking crazy. Six. I never introduced us six. You did not. We were because we spent like twenty minutes talking about this horrible episode before we even got started. Six. How we do we, how do we do this six? We just do it. <laughs> It's the finale, it feel, too. You got you. It feels weird now. Are we starting over? N- no, oh. we're not starting over. But, um, all right. Um, all right. The, the episode started with Lamar meeting up with Kato. Which was weird. I, I get it, right? Because it ended. Why you is know, he still bleeding? <sighs> Cause I'm, I guess all of this happened within like a forty-eight hour time span. I guess his niggas clot, his blood don't clot. He got a disc problem. <laughs> he got a plate problem, whatever they call it. A platelet problem. Yeah, like his blood ain't clotting. Like, cool. Is he on warfarin or something? Like, what are we doing? I don't get it. But, um, I was confused because number one, B Mickey was not in a very inconspicuous vehicle following. Made so much goddamn. When he's out of that car. Okay. Two. Beautiful I'm con- Mustang, though. It was beautiful. I do want to point that out. It was a beautiful, beautiful Mustang. Mustang. Young boy driving a beautiful Mustang. Now, the second thing about that whole thing is, wasn't Drano also looking for Lamar? Drano was also looking for Lamar. Okay. However, and- I think they got away with that because Coach ain't mad at Lamar right now. Right. Because what we do find out is Drano rained down on them because of Coach. I don't know about that. He, not because of directly, but he made it so. Because he knows where they are, what they do, where they hang out. He was like, oh yeah, they're going to be right here. Because remember, he brought that out. It was basically because they can't find his partner. Right. So, he facilitated the rain down. How's that? Maybe. I'll I'll take that. But having said that still, because, I mean, we kind of showed a little bit later that the Drano lady still ain't fucking with him. So... She need her ass beat, by the way. <laughs> That's a whole thing, this Drano thing. I didn't know Drano had merch when they Enough wore them. They, they wore them jackets. To, I want one. They wore them Drano jackets. To, I did, so does that is that a real thing? Like if if the feds come out with like a they come out with an operation, do they wear the operation on their jacket, or they just does it still say like I actually feds on the back of the, or FBI? And, I ain't gonna hold you. I think that might be a thing because people who work for the DEA have jackets say DEA on them. DEA is an actual division, the drug enforcement. Drano is a division. No, Drano is an operation. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So like, so no, they don't. That's what I'm. That's isn't that? I mean, that's just, crazy, fam. Like Drano, and it's like fifty. We knew who they were. You didn't have to tell us it was Drano. We knew it was Drano, fam. Just keep DEA on the back of their shit. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, are there yo, pins? Huh? Do they get pins? Ballpoint? <laughs> Ballpoint pins. Is there stationary? Yeah, exactly. Fucking letterheads. Now, th- now, that part I understand. If there's like a logo because you got to do reports and things like that, that makes sense. But you don't identify your... The, the point of the operation is to... Be, that's an internal thing. So 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 that way people know where to where to you know, categorize certain things that happen. This is part of Operation Drano. The wardrobe lead just wanted to get her shit off. I just, I just think, I think a lot of shit that happened in this episode is people not thinking things through. 
right? It's like the the scripted the script this whole probably season got season feels rushed. It, it, see, uh, and now I'm hypothesizing. I feel like they were shooting this fast and they were turning around the scripts. They were probably finishing the scripts like as they were shooting. I would imagine. Why would you do that? Well, I don't know I, that that part. I don't know. And, and again, I could be I could be a whole liar right now. But this is my. I just don't understand wh- who makes that decision that is completely wrong or, or maybe we're wrong. Maybe maybe they did have jackets that said Drano. I, I don't fucking know. Dog. I'm kind of exhausted. That's dumb, though. It's very stupid. That, um, that's in that's internal. Because even the DEA doesn't really wear them to go bust people. Well, I'm lying. Yes, they do. They yeah. have them. But it's on like well, bulletproof vests and shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've been busted by them in real life. Right. Every time I see them. They're identified, but like you said, that's a division, not yeah, not that's an a, operation. That's a real division. Yeah. So, so like, so that means that because that means <laughs> it's just weird because that means that that's expensive. Exactly. That's like expensive. these operations have budgets, <laughs> and part of your budget is not to, is not for merch, fam. You not you not finna hit big cartel with this junk <laughs> and make some of your money back through merch. So it doesn't makes it's an expenditure that makes absolutely no sense. It's just. Everybody's dumb. Everybody's dumb. So, yeah. You know what? I want to start with I love you. And I think we have the power to grow. Word to Joe Button. So, I want to start with why I gave it a break. Because we're going to rip into this show. Okay. So, let's. let's, Oh, I thought we was ripping. We are. We are. So, like I said, I'm going to start with love. Mm -hmm. And I think that it has the power to grow. Because it does. Okay. Um, I think I appreciate the anticlimacticness of this, believe it or not. Okay. Because the story's not exciting yet. It's not supposed to be in the grand scheme of things, in the timeline of things. It's not supposed to be climactic yet. Okay. Um, They wrapped up some things very loosely, the things that needed to be wrapped up. Okay. But they opened a lot of cans with this episode as well. Got it. Um, Which I appreciated. It set up for the story to continue. And one of the beefs I normally have with 50 Cent is that he'll make a season that can stand alone mm-hmm. and then build on top of it. And it just gets dumber and dumber. Right. Sea power. Yeah. Is Ghost even alive? <laughs> like, I just, if you're going to end the show, end the show, right? But with this right. one, he made it so the show doesn't, the show can't end Got right it. now. Um, I appreciate that. And it's first season, season finale of a show where this is like, if this was a movie, this would be the first 20 minutes. Right, so okay, so there is no climax, no climax yet. That should happen. Um, I think a lot of the relationships became more honest. I feel like mm. I was proven right and, about people, which I appreciate. And what when you say the relationships became more honest, what do you mean? Um, like who? Like what? What relationships? Lucille and her children. Oh, her oh, telling right, me, right, like, right, what right. are you like? Let me get come, enough. Yeah. Um. Charles owned up to just being selfish and insecure. Mm. I appreciate that. I have been right the whole time. All of you owe me an apology. I have felt like Jon Snow facing the battle of whoever that dark ass episode and Ga- uh, you don't even fucking know. In I Game mean, of it's Thrones, a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, but... in Game of Thrones, there's a, a gif of a gif, a gif, whatever you call it. Mm. You see him draw a sword. There's like a whole people coming at him. People who've seen Game of Thrones, okay? right. I've been like that. I've been right. The nigga said you weren't right, but go I go for it. He was right. <laughs> the nigga looked his wife in the eyes and yeah. said, "He don't deserve his settlement money." Yeah. What? 
I then got an attitude when he found out that because people plan for parents like that, yeah. you can't touch it. Right. Um. I don't know where you draw. I don't know where you draw insecure out of that, but money insecure about money. That I've always been well, saying. Um. But that became more honest. I think the way that Terry dealt with his brother, mm-hmm. it's been hinting at that. But Terry's really the big brother here. Hmm. Is what we saw this episode. Um, okay. This shit with Kato was dumb, though. It was very dumb. You're getting distracted by what's on TV, though. I want you to finish these thoughts. Sorry. Um, no, it was a. I I appreciated it for, like I said, how it served for the other seven episodes. Mm-hmm. The other seven episodes were some mid. Okay. If we're being honest, so it had to be a mid finale. You know, like. This was the correct finale for this show. For this show. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to just kind of think about something for a second. And shout out to Corey because he gets me, uh, he he challenges me with these with these thoughts sometimes. Uh, Corey from the Kind of Movie Critics Podcast. Hi, Corey. Um, I want you to think about, okay, the announcement for the second season came, what, like the second episode yep. of this joint? So they were engaged with this property, not knowing that they had a second season. If a second season was not greenlit and well, this was it, how oh, would you have felt? Oh, I'd be pissed. That, and that's how we have to judge these things. No, I don't I don't think that. Well, no, because because that can that's a real life thing that can happen. Because you cannot get approved for season two and then this becomes a thing that is immortalized in history. But I think that it was fair of them to think that it would get greenlit for season two yeah but you have to see that's the okay some things are a sure thing this is the mark this is the mark of the maturity in the writer's room right because you every season has to be its own independent film it has to be its own and when i say independent i don't mean like indie film like it has to be its own movie every season has to be its own movie it has a very a movie or an act, because especially with the t- with a piece like this, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good this was; it could not have stood alone. There, there were some decisions that they that there was forks in the road that presented themselves early in the season, and they made the opportunity to go down this road to head here, and it was just they weren't developed decisions, okay? Right? Like I, I feel like they just made decisions that were almost the easy way, as opposed to like. Okay, let's write ourselves out of let let's write ourselves out of this corner into a into a very let's write a journey. Like there was really no journey that happened here. Fair. There like there was uh, you know, I talked about this a few episodes ago. This whole thing really didn't have any real character development. No. You know didn't. what I'm saying? Nobody like, grew. Nobody grew. Everybody just kind of stayed in the same place. After yeah. episode three, we knew who everybody was. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, so at this point, now that we know everything that's happened, the most the most growing that a character did was Kato, maybe. Kato was probably the only thing that kind of came in, grew wings, ended up in a different place than where they started, and then, you know, and had his whole, had his whole arc. But, yeah. but everybody else, it was like a fucking treadmill. You know, Meech stayed Meech, T stayed T, the parents stayed the parents. They just mad for a whole different reason now. <laughs> and I just think it, like like you said, speaks to the immaturity of the writer's room. And I, and I don't write shit about shit, so I'm saying that with a, like a grain of salt. But right. 
Because you can tell that they thought they were developing Meech. Yes. You, they thought they were developing Terry. Right. When in reality, they were just facing them with different confrontations and making their outcomes different. That's not development. It's, it's no development. Because they didn't grow any. They just made a different choice. I know that's not, but that's not growth. It's their not. character didn't change. Their decision making, sure. Yeah. But their character didn't change. That's it. Like, like, really, if you were to, this could have very well been like the second or third episode in the series. Yeah. And it, and it's still, you know, we would have like the outcome just wouldn't have been any different, you know? So, and, and, and immaturity may be a, you know, immaturity strong, may be a strong, yeah, because I, I don't, it's like, what I don't want to do is I don't want to cast any judgment on the writers themselves. Like whatever you're, you know, you're getting paid to write a show. You guys are doing something that I've never done. Fine. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I do want to salute you for that. But you got to, we got to stop, like, you just got to stop thinking that the people on the other side of the screen are stupid, are dumb. Like, we're not in for an adventure, man. You can you can make things a little complicated. You can make things a little bit more tactile. You can make things a little bit more political. And we'll still follow them. Right. You know, um, but... Yeah, I just feel like there was there was somewhere along the line they dropped the ball and they just went for the low hanging fruit. And then once they made that decision, you had to stay there. Yeah, you know you had to stay there. And 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 this season finale was a was a reflection of that. Um, speaking of things that are on the screen, so we're watching the scene with Big L. Okay, this is an example to me of like how weird of a decision this is. She made her line in the cement very early on. I only want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Talking about T. She didn't want to do business with Meech. It was somewhat affirmed when he went to go meet her at her crib. Okay. I don't like your brother. He is problematic and I right. don't like problems. So you bring this dude to a meeting. In a zoot suit. <laughs> in a zoot suit. And somehow or another... You walk away with just another verbal warning, which is, if you ever do this to me again, I'm going to kill you, right? This, see, now I don't take Big L seriously anymore. I don't take Big L seriously as as a supplier no more. I think that could happen, though. It 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 maybe it could. I don't know, but because he didn't cause a problem, right? Like he's problematic, but he she doesn't want to deal. She doesn't want to negotiate with him. She doesn't want to barter with him. I don't think that she questions Meech's ability to lead or move product. I think she just doesn't like the the nigga. Like she just don't want to deal with him. Right. So I don't think it's that she thinks he's a detriment to the business. Cause if that's the case, she wouldn't work with him at all. Right. I think it's just don't bring him around me. I don't want to talk to him. He get on my nerves. And I done told you I told you once explicitly when we made this deal. Yeah. I like you said, I reaffirmed it. That's not really, you know, it's not a warning or anything. It was just yeah, this is why we're still doing this. Right. So here, here and now, I promise you faithfully, in the words of Big Lufa, <laughs> I will blow your head off your shoulders. Right. After I shoot your brother in front of you, don't bring that nigga back around me. I don't like him. And it was reaffirmed by him touching my quarter million dollar art, putting your grubby fingers on my Japanese artifacts. Have you lost your mind? What, what, like, why are you touching things? Why did that have to be a part of Meech's personality? In that particular scene, to pick up an artifact and toss it around like a football. What was the point of that? I think that's probably true to the character of Meech. Again, we have to remember these th- these niggas are children. 
These niggas are indeed children. Like, and I'm not talking shit about them. Yeah. They are indeed children. Yeah. And yeah. in his mind, he had a good night. But six, that is just a weird choice. We just got to talk about the story. <laughs> this is a story You're that right. happened. We have to analyze the show. It probably didn't happen, though. That's the funny part. You know what's crazy? I believe it probably did. I, I don't. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in the show that we feel it doesn't make sense. Okay. But it was important to Meech and Terry because they're things that they remember. So they're putting it in the show and trying to build around it. Right. But it's something they remember. So like, oh, yeah, you got to have that there because it's so fucking hilarious to us. So let me just be clear what you're saying here. You think this may have happened. You think in real life a supplier of illegal cocaine substances. Okay. Right. It just cocaine by the metric tons, it seems like. Okay. Is going to have. The people that buy cocaine from her meet her at her legitimate art establishment for pickup. I think that's why Terry's supposed to come by himself because of the trust level. Trust or no trust. See, again, now I don't trust Big L. See, Big L's fishy to me now. Okay. But, but you know how they say like in um and maybe maybe that's where that maybe that's where my whole gut feeling is going towards. You know how like you'll watch movies where it's like a cop is undercover, mm-hmm. right? And an undercover cop, um, they'll say something like, if I'd have took that $20, he would have knew. If, I, if I'd have took that. I'm Perfect example. The beginning of Beverly Hills Cop. The very first Beverly Hills Cop. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Shout out to Detroit because that was, that was, it was in Detroit, this particular scene. Because Axel Foley was from Detroit. Um, he had a truck full of stolen cigarettes, okay, that he was making a deal for. And th- the dude basically tried to come short with the money and Axel Foley had to like make a make a situation out of it like nigga you coming up short and you know made a thing where he kind of like quote unquote walked away from the deal now the conversation about what happened in that truck came on later came up later on he was like if I'd have took that money he would have known I was a cop see that's what this is starting to feel like to me the trust level of you meeting him inside of an art inside of you know where your art is shipped well then why don't you think it was weird when he went to the gallery the, i don't it, 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 i don't think they're any different yeah i mean it kind of i if you recall i kind of was like this shit is a little weird but fine that's it, not it, weird i don't think that's weird i think if you have a legitimate business almost coming to have a conversation with you i don't think that she like they switched hands inside of the where inside of the warehouse with armed guards around it that's probably the best place to do it like i don't I don't get why that's your beef. Because you're because if anybody's on his ass, they have your whole operation now. They have your whole. They have how you launder your money. They have. You understand what I'm saying? Like they have. You I think have you're too reading much. Too deep into it. No, I th- I think I'm doing what the writer should have did. Okay. And and, and saying that like yo, you got to have separation between. I don't the, want us to keep beating up on the writers. I don't want to either. So six. let's just talk about the show as it happens. See, it's a weird line for me because it's like. Yeah, this is the show that we have in front of us. All right. <laughs> like, cool, man. They met with Big L, all the art shit. <laughs> like, Meech, played, Meech played hot potato with a fucking $250,000 artifact. He, but why? Like, why would he do that? Listen, well, let's talk about the show six. No, no. I'm, I'm talking about the show. I don't like, know. Because the, it's one thing to go up th- I think that just he should have realized, hey, this broad already does not like me. 
Right. And my brother ain't put on a zoot suit to come and see her. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should be on my P's and Q's. You would think that. And you go in there and then you touch on certificates. As someone who collects art, don't ever touch my certificate yeah. of authenticity. I just want to be clear. This didn't happen in real life. I'm not saying that it had to. Okay. I'm just saying I feel like there are a lot of things that seem outrageous to us. Yes. That feel like they're probably just a really important memory to one of the brothers. And they wanted it included. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that, but I'm, I, no, no, I, I mean, you could, I could second. be wrong. I'm just trying to give some country some, to some of these weird things that are happening. Yeah. Like why was like, again, back to the morgue, mm-hmm. there is no reason for that scene at all. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see Lamar get so none of that. Like, so I'm thinking maybe they just remember that having to go to a morgue and look for this nigga. And even though it's super insignificant to the story, for them it was important. I'm I'm just trying to figure out how could this Yeah. I'm I trying to make it so I don't keep calling fifty six Stanley. Got it. Because also I want to recognize that black stories are also allowed to be mediocre. They are. Yeah, they very much. We're we it's okay that we have mediocre stories and storytelling. Yeah, it's all this is one of them. Yeah, because fucking Owen Wilson exists. And every movie he's ever been in. Is what, mediocre? Fucking mediocre. I like Owen Wilson. Of course you do. Because there's he's likable. There's nothing. He, he's just Owen Wilson. Yeah. He just has a broken nose, right? It's all you know about him. He's a broken nose and like shitty hair. Right. He's just Owen Wilson. Okay. Um. And y'all thinking Lil Meech is fine. I want you bitches to stop. I'm looking at the screen right now. You came in here episode one lying. and said Lil Meech was, was fine. And I, I thought he was at first. And I realized it was just maybe the person... He was pretending to be on the show. Mm, okay. And then I got on his his social media. I was like, oh, this little nigga 21. Oh, oh, so he can't be fine because he's 21. No, it's not even just his age. Just this character. I mean, sure. This character mm-hmm. has an allure. Okay. Like Franklin Saint and Damson Idris are two very different people. Right. Both of them mm-hmm. are attractive. Okay. Big Meech on the show mm-hmm. and his son in real life are not the same people. Okay. And we're going to leave it right there. So I want you little bitches to go look at his Instagram mm-hmm. before y'all start making these posts. Okay. Right. I'm back. Okay. I had to get that off. Guys. Ooh, little Meech hate. I, I hear it. It ain't hate. It's just a, it's a realization. <laughs> um, Meech hit on the Drano cop lady. Damn, baby, I wish you'd have came and arrest me. I'd have came with you. Fam, even but even before we get there, yeah. that whole arresting everyone, how do you know why people are? They're doing really mundane things. We can't beat up on the uh, on the writer six. <laughs> we can't do it. I want you to stop being like that. No, I'm, that, that was my whole point. My point is it's so hard to talk about. You were just spending 20 minutes on one thing is what I mean. Like, because it's every like, single scene, there is one of those that where it's like, why did they make this decision? Cause like he was, and get rid of baby mom. I don't ever want to see her again. She's useless. That then I, I thought she was fine till I saw that wig. I mean, she the girl in real life is a really pretty girl, but, but that character and that motherfucking Audrey Hepburn fake ass wig she had on, dog. No, that's her hair. That ain't her hair. Yes, it is. No, nah, that that no. Nah. If you look six, at her Instagram, I six, over the weekend she her, went blonde. No, that is her hair. Six. That ain't her motherfucker. Well, she wasn't blonde. It was just no, it was no, like jet black. It's the same cut. Six. Okay. You can you can reject it if you like. I'm rejected. Okay. Ain't no way in hell That's, that woman. You can reject that it. That cute ass you, little girl. You can reject it if you like. Is wearing that weird ass hair. That 27 piece is grow her scalp. Oh my God, um, man. 
But her, her hair about as real as uh, Big Meech at the end of this. Uh, Sam, <laughs> at the end of this episode, this fucking Tyler Perry ass week. <laughs> Yo, dog. how fucking dare you? This we were, we were got, rooting for you. This we hair, were all rooting for you. This hair they got on the fake Big Meech in this show. Now, what I will say is, from the side view, it do kind of he do kind of look like Meech from the side view. But when they got when they got see, they made a bad decision taking that crane going on the top of his head and coming down to his face. Why would you do that with that shitty ass hair? Like we not gonna see it. Like we don't know what Big Meech look like. Like we don't. Well, I mean. Fine. Like it's somebody playing him. Every episode. It's somebody playing him, so I'm not tripping. But why would you make that decision to start the scene by craning down from the top of his head that you know was a bad hairdo job Shut to his down. face? Why would you make that decision? You know what man? else we could have just done? Huh? Found a nigga with hair. Yeah, and just put some extensions in it. But, but I get it. This is a very specific, like, like Big no, Meech no. got a very specific hair. You thing. literally could have just found an, a. This gonna sound how it sound. Yeah. You could have just found you a light skinned nigga with hair, right? Right. Or had this particular light skinned nigga mm-hmm. grow his hair out some, right. and put some extensions in it. Right. Not the Shamar Moore. You joke. did not have to Tyler Perry wig us to death. Yeah. They Tyler Perry wigged us, bro. I was looking for the microphone on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> like. Come on, yo! I feel bad if anybody who work on this show hear this, boy, no, they gonna be no. tight. No, no, listen to us. They gonna be you tight. You take this, no, you you take this constructive criticism because we are gonna watch next season. Yeah, we here. We guarantee. We we here now. We represent the people, fam. But well, so, uh, go ahead. at this girl house, mm-hmm. don't bring her back on this show because she. I don't need her as a space filler. I don't. Yeah, that was. He could have been at the fucking Piggly Wiggly for all I care. Like you went and you got him. Right. How you know he was even there? And how does she know fucking coach? I don't know, man. There's a loophole in the writer in the writer's room. Just we, a blatant plot hole. We never got it. We never got an explanation of why Monique was at the party with Pat. Never. We never got. I was excited for that too. We never got Pat again. We, Pat had why the conversation is Lala on this show. Pat had a conversation with with Coach in in the barbershop, and that was the end of Pat. I guess he got scared out of his territory. Like, well, he was a plug. Yeah, in their but, defense, but you still need to wrap that up. But you built up this character for five episodes. Terrifying. Yeah. For five episodes, only for us, only for him to go. What is this, scheduling conflict with Will Harris? Child, I don't like. Was he fighting with his brother? Like, Six, it makes no that? sense. Like, it's. This shit with Lawanda. With Lawanda. Who's Lawanda? Oh, the baby mama. Yeah. Like, Terry's baby mama. Yeah. That's she, not she how she that going. goes. There's a conversation. She going to Pennsylvania because because Terry took too long to figure out what he wanted to do. Girl, you know. anyway, so Meech hits on little Drano bitch, mm-hmm. and she threatened his sister. She threatened his sister. Yeah, is that oh that was okay. He threat she threatened to put her in jail. So you gonna put a little twelve year old girl in jail? And Meech should have shook the shit out of her. You gonna put a twelve year old girl in jail? The whole time Lamar's still running around stabbing niggas. Still. <laughs> Running around looking at dead titties. Y'all let y'all let Lamar drive past. Y'all let Lamar drive past you in order for y'all to get B Mickey, a, a, a nigga that's lower on the totem pole, as opposed to the the Michael Myers of fucking E course. But you mad at us? Yeah, because you want to call Nicole. So you mad at Nicole for lying about why this grown man stabbed a kid but you not you have no the was two cars in front of you you have no furious nature towards the man who stabbed the kid 
and he was right there. That like, sound about right. You, you understand what I'm saying? When we start talking about the police, that sound about right. That sound about right. How dare you lie to us? Yeah. Let's respect my authority. <laughs> yeah. Damn, who did something wrong? No, you didn't do what we told you to do. <laughs> Bitch, what? The killer. Yeah. Like, hello. You mad at me for lying to you about, as a kid. I'm a child. A grown man just stabbed my friend. I'm scared for my life, but you're mad at me for lying to you. I had my first kiss <laughs> and my first dead body in the same day, lady. Give me a break. Yo, these Drano, these Drano cops are the type to get their own merch. They the type to get their own merch for sure. Probably, and they probably nigga. did put on Big Cartel. Yeah, Took for flea sure, nigga. All right, this this settlement money. When did Cato get pinched? When did she? Oh, um, that's a great question. They ended talking about Cato never got caught. She didn't run. Yeah, and, and then when, she just. Where did they find her? I, I guess at the crib. I don't know. Would they take her in on? A lot of weird decisions got made here. Six. A lot. This whole episode was just one big weird decision. Um. It was boring in a good way, though. I again, I'm talking about shit, but again, I do this thing where I'm able to take things for what they are, and it's just for the seven episodes before it. Mm-hmm. This makes sense as a season finale, and it. And again, I always talk about my best parts and worst parts as what's driving the story. The nigga wow, ran a stop man. sign, dog. The nigga Lamar ran a stop sign. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before the police pulled this, B. Mickey over. on, guys. Sorry. Lamar ran a stop sign, stabbed a kid, has a bullet <laughs> in his arm. No, he, he pulled the bullet out, remember? With a towel and baby oil. Oh, that's right. And baby oil. Yeah. He squeezed <laughs> it out. Before he right hooked uh, Cash Doll. Like, Got it. With the bullet in your so this nigga rap sheet is like two miles long, but you stop B Mickey. Mm-hmm. All right, got it. Yes. Check. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I get it. Feds ain't shit. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I, I completely cut you off, man, because I just got mad out of nowhere. Did. Yeah. So uh, they're in the cell and they're having their preliminary conversation about Cato that seems to be never ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and B Mickey's like, she didn't run. And then here she comes. Where the fuck does bitch come from? And then all of a sudden, with no conversation, no real conversation, everybody's let out flicking them off. Yeah. And that doesn't happen right. in real life. This is not Fat Albert and, and his gang of, of buffoons, right? Like, they're not walking out of a precinct with their middle fingers up. Right. Right. Hello? Not not escorted or nothing. Through the- That's not how processing out work. And I this one, I know. Yeah. That is not how you process out. <laughs> you process out. Oh, out of curiosity, so is the, is the general population for city jail, is it uh, co-op, men and women are in the same space no. to where you would just see Cato walking past? No. She yeah. got in the cell with them. No, she wasn't. No, they yes, walked. Yes, she was. Oh, well, then that's even crazier. That's no. even crazier. So th- let me get this straight. This is like college. Like. Like this. Is, well, you know, it was also 80s, early 90s, and they weren't, they hadn't. They weren't processed in. Oh, that's right. Index cards. We learned that on right. on, on Cocaine Cowboys. Right. But they it seems like they were system. just there for questioning. So I, maybe that's, but they don't hold you like that's that. That's what I'm saying. They, no, you, they were arrested. That's why they had to let them go because people were cuffed and they were bought in. Yeah. So if you're, cu- yeah, if you get arrested, you get processed in. What the fuck is going on? I'm telling you, bro. They did. They made. They did not think about any of these scenes before they shot him. They just shot him. 
They just shot. There was like no, there's like no story editor. Like that's what's missing here. It's like a story editor, script supervisor character that's like, guys, this is this uh logistically, this just doesn't make sense, right? Like there's nobody questioning anything here. Nobody like this isn't Yeah. How this happens. None of this shit. Um Like if they came to get Terry from school, yeah. they're not roaming the halls. They're gonna call you to the office. They'll call you to the office, dog. And you're a minor. They can't just arrest you. Your parents have to have to. Per- <laughs> Shall we continue six? Man, we we have to now. We just started the episode. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, all right. So so the Drano cop lady can't. You know, she made it clear that she can't trust Brian. She doesn't know where he stands. So he's he's still on desk duty while they're out knocking heads. Not looking for the nigga who stabbed a kid. All right, cool. Like, out here doing absolutely nothing. Okay, we learned a little bit more about Kato, right? Because they got out and Meech, Meech automatically shifted gears into, yo, let me go ahead and find out what's up with this chick. Big doofy brother mode. So they go and they smoke a blunt. And he, you know, of course, he's doing a lot of recon. So he asking questions, making up shit probably, and just asking questions, trying to figure out, you know, her background. And we find out that she's actually from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. She moved. She moved from her mom to come live with her dad, who was in the game. Uh, his name was Clifford Forday. C Love. C Love. That used to run with the uh, the BKs. Nope. That's what she said. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what she said, she said right? Yeah. But but uh, the Black Killers. The Black Killers, which I would imagine that was real. That, I feel like actually. Yeah, it seemed like that, that that scene they took a they took a little bit of time to kind of give us a little bit of history about some of what was going on. So I would imagine that this week in culture, again, this is where I'm gonna plug them. This week in culture is probably gonna talk about the Black Killers and the Del Rey Boys because that was the other group that they named the mm-hmm. Del Rey Boys. Those sound like real crews that was happening in Detroit in the '80s. Um. So yeah, so so she lied and said that her her father was in the BKs. So, of course, Meech took a mental note of that, and then he brought that back up when he came and hollered at old boy from the east side mm-hmm. that uh, that he met at Pat's party. So is so the play here is basically they're try- they started supplying him, right? They started supplying homie from the east side. That's where the extra five bricks that they, that they needed from Big L came. I came here to, art, to, to get mad at that, right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe sometimes you see things differently than I do. Okay. Because what I saw there was that – these two yellow brothers get into it. And for the yellow brother in the orange coat said, no, I'm not doing that. Stay off my turf. Right. But then 10 minutes later, you told your, bro- you told your brother, that's who you selling the drugs to. I'm confused. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we've been lying and maybe he just lied to Terry, mm-hmm. but why do we lie to Terry? Cause we've lied to Terry twice now, if that's the case. But no, the guy he was talking to at the at the little speakeasy gambling joint, mm-hmm. he said he don't want his his drugs. Right. So who did you get the drugs? That's a great question, Six. I didn't even think about that. I just naturally assumed that he came to they came to a deal. But you're right. I don't remember. He them said coming no. To a, yeah, he did say no. He said, "Remember what I said." Like he emphatically said no. Yeah. Wow. Right? It was a friendly no, right? It was like you my dog, but I'm cool on you, so I'm like. So maybe he plans to just take over his territory. But they're not on the streets no more. I don't, six. I don't know, man. You understand? You feel me now? 
I mean, I do. I just, we were spending 20 minutes on that specifically. I just needed us to get past that. And I was hoping you would just pick that cue up, but you didn't because now I you just like to, you took it, it personally. It. And it was just about that one thing. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, so what was that dude's name? Boom or something like that? I forget what he, they said his name was from the east side. Ciao. But he's the one that pretty much, he, he said that uh, yeah, C-Love, yeah, used to run with some crew. He was like, these weren't the BKs. Like, yeah, he was. I remember C Love, but he won with the BKs. Yeah, he was with the Delroys, and he the, was like, oh, the Delroy family. Like, yeah, oh, with Del- that crazy nigga Lamar. Yeah, they both was crazy. Right. So her father was equally as nuts. Right. As Leighton Smith. That's a nigga's real name, by the way. I'm done calling him Lamar because that was a bad motherfucker. I, Leighton Smith was nuts. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was Leighton Simon. Simon, sure, whomever. Yeah, okay. Nutty ass nigga. Yeah. Shout out to Val Towns. Again, like a black historian as far as, as far as crime goes. Got it. Yeah. Underscore Val Town. Got it. So, yeah. So, basically, that's that was the connection. Cato had a crazy father that ran with Lamar. Right. Case closed. But she knew enough to lie. Well, she I did. guess because the title Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she's she quick on her feet. The girl quick on her feet. Her story I fucking that, love Bugs Bunny. Her story, the only one that has made sense the whole thing. You know what's crazy? I feel like they have paid so much attention to Kato's story that uh-huh. everything else fell by the wayside. Well, that's what I'm saying. She's the only one that has some real like development yeah. that we actually learned some things about. Not even just that. We don't just, even know what's wrong with Be Mickey Mama. <laughs> Not even just her development, but the continuity of the story. Right. There are no plot holes in Kato's story. I feel like they wrote this first season around Kato, and that's mm-hmm. a problem because it's a show about the Flinneries. Right, right. Like, I don't give a... Who gives a fuck about Kato? Right. Especially because she died at the... Like, but yeah. I, yeah. Well, the, the one thing that they kind of left unopened with Kato is where the fuck was the back door that Meech got little girl out of, that Meech got Monique's daughter out of? Because they never explained that. They never explained how Meech just timely, just showed up at the same time as Lamar. Yeah, and didn't know Lamar was there. And didn't come through the front door. Why would he not well, no, come through the like front door? I feel like they showed like a fire escape door before. Maybe, but why would you come there and take the girl without Kato knowing? Yeah, that's the plot hole. Not not how, but, but see, they, how you figure that we were too dumb to remember that happened and that we wouldn't put together that you and Lamar pulled up at the same time. Like, you see what I'm saying, Six? Why I, would you just leave that wide open like that? And because that was a space for more story, you know. What I, like, I just really want the writers to. If you get greenlit for season two, I think it's plan out for season three, but still make it whole. I think no, and maybe it might be the opposite of what you're saying. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, it might be we don't know if there's season two, so let's just get everything out. With this, hopefully, they can write the story. Just break it up. Write the whole story. Mm-hmm. Break it up. Because y'all aren't doing very You're not doing as good as a job as I know that you guys can do with this story. <laughs> Trying to piecemeal it together. Yeah. It, it, you know, there, there's just a way that you can make this really entertaining and still. He thought he was smoking a cigarette, right? Still coherent while telling pieces of reality because we all know most of this shit ain't you know obviously it's uh it's uh revisionist history because the guy who lamar is inspired by is still alive like you said so it's revisionist history so with you giving us revisionist history there's a way to still make this entertaining to where it's like the revisionist history 
still has value. Right. Right. Tell like, the story. Just like, tell the story. Oh, how do you get their cars back? I don't know how they got nothing. They so, were arrested from all over the city. Let me ask you something. They get arrested, right? Um, I think Terry or B. Mickey, one of the two, I can't remember who said it, basically was like, yo, I think it was Terry. Basically, like, we left all the work where it sat right there, right? And then Meech says, I still need to make my phone call. Explain to me what a phone call because I'm assuming the phone, because the next thing they showed us was his one of his homeboys that works for the city of Ecorse, mm-hmm. basically a groundsman going through and picking up all the drugs that, that that got left underneath the bleachers on a school zone. I don't know who's buying crack at school <laughs> at an elementary I school think or crack high is school. Buy people over crack is. Uh, okay, so it's by crack. Where is that? I just <laughs> I word to the wise: if you're selling crack, just don't do it on a school zone. They got special like laws for that kind of yeah. shit. So I don't think you want to be. I think that's relatively new, though. To be fair to the time of the, I think it's relatively. Okay, cool. I I just don't. I don't understand how. I just don't understand the foot traffic. It was a rec center. Okay, it's a rec center. You're right. You're right. It's a rec center. So, all right. So the phone call. I'm assuming that the phone call that he made was to his homeboy that works for the city. Okay. Right. Yep. Explain to me how that phone call goes on a city jail phone that you pretty much know is tapped. Go. Hey, I left some sh- Hey, it's Meech. We know what Meech does. I need a favor. I left some shit in the park. But again, even then, why? if you were looking for a way to, to scrap these niggas, why aren't we listening to their phone calls while they're making them? Child, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just want to put on a thinking cap for a second, six, because... <laughs> they don't make thinking caps that big. I, I can't imagine that that's the phone call that you make and you're like, yo... This meat, fam. You don't call a lawyer. You don't call your baby mother. I left the drugs under the bleachers. You don't call Monique, like. Yeah, check the potato chip bag. <laughs> like, unless that nigga has worked with or for them before, but again, still a plot hole because we never saw him. Like seeing Tiny do that would have yeah. made more sense to me. Would have made more sense. That's why I thought he was calling. Me too. I literally thought, oh, you can call Tiny and Tiny going, like, yo, Tiny, take care of that. We got pitched. Okay, cool. Me too. But no, just a sanitation worker. What, now, was that the dude who they were, remember when they were sitting on the porch that lived across the street from their parents? Was that the same guy? It sure was. It was him? Yes. Okay. It was his friend from either across the street or near his parents or whatever. He was drinking Kool-Aid with yeah. him and he called him flashy. That yes, was him? Okay. That was him. Okay. That so, was, I thought he looked familiar. You're right, you're right, you're right. That okay. was him. That I, was him. I wasn't sure, but I, that's the only thing that would make sense to me. Cause, but even still, he's not in the business, so there would be too much explaining that would have to happen. Versus Tiny, A Slim, rec center. We, we got locked up. Yeah. Nah. And that's the end of the conversation. Because let's be clear, everybody who was part of the 50 boys got locked up. So there's nobody on the streets. Right, I'm Except assuming. the little niggas, the okay. little little niggas, because as we do know, they have ten eleven year olds with them, and that's right. unfortunately pretty normal as far as that goes. But right, <sighs> it's just it just be a lot of weird decisions. Um, I think I want to talk about Charles and the settlement money. Okay, let's do it. Charles said, "Fuck them kids." <laughs> He said, fuck them kids. Terry do not deserve this money after what him and Meech done put us through. But it was your son who... Your son can't see out of one eye. Yeah. But he don't deserve 
the settlement money from the drunk doctor. Like I don't. Yeah. It's time for it's time for you to give it up. Even if you don't fully agree with me, it's uh-huh. time for you to give it oh, up. Oh, oh, listen. Charles is absolutely an ass. I'm, we're talking about the TV Charles. I don't know Mr. Flannery in real life. I think he might have passed away anyway. I, I think don't so. I don't know Mr. Flannery in real life. No yeah. disrespect to your pops. Ronald team. Hornsby. Yeah, we talking Russell about Hornsby, Russell Hornsby, who acted his ass off when because I hate him now. When he, no, I fuck with him still. <laughs> he acted his ass off when he saw that that check amount, the amount for that check. He was like, oh, oh, the face he made was amazing. But yeah, fuck that nigga in this in this show, man. How you gonna be? All right, so yeah, absolutely an asshole. You gonna be all self righteous until huh. you got a mission and you righteous until yeah. So 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 your play is really the money. That okay maybe. Told you maybe. I I don't know if that was exactly your point, but we not gonna go back. There. I am partly right. All the right. same way you were partly right about me, Mickey and Lucille. Yeah. Okay. I, cool. I wasn't here to dispute Lucille anymore. Okay, I still cool. feel the same way as I expressed last episode about Lucille. Right. Um. Just for me, it's you come home, you find out your son might get this amount of money. Mm-hmm. You come home ready to buy a business mm-hmm. that's not inexpensive so you're ready to use all of your son's money mm-hmm. and then when your wife is like hey slim that's not we are doing this because our son we need to have an incentive for him to stop selling drugs and he has mm-hmm. a family we can't take his money he don't deserve it nick yeah, that was stupid. But now, when when it all when all the dust settled, I, I will like, say that was just some bullshit to get it done. I feel like it could have been. I will say though, his plan was in the right place. Basically, let's create a business for you to where you you have a sustainable income, and it can turn into a family business where the where the family can be employed by this thing to help it make money. His head was in the right place after he got checked. I feel like his motives were still selfish, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I agree. His motives were definitely still selfish. Which it seems like, um, in that particular instance, yeah, I, I just. But if we're being honest, that specifically, it recalls me to a story, a video I saw on Instagram that's from TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Okay. But there was this woman who was her daughter got a job, mm-hmm. and her daughter was buying expensive hair and doing expensive stuff, and she's like almost in tears, like, my daughter has to pay rent, she has to pay a bill, like I need help, like I want a fixed income, set in the third. Mm-hmm. And I get it, right? It, if you're on a fixed income or you're at a certain place and your kids have money, right? Yeah, it's out of necessity you want them to contribute. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like this kid got a hundred thousand dollars, and you think that because you're his father, you should be able to take it. It's just like, what? Even this business, like, yeah, you have the power to employ me, so you should. What if you don't want to do that? Yeah. What if you don't want to do that? And he hit him with the. Let me think about this shit. Right, and, but and he was even irritated by that, as if he should have just said yes. It's like, yeah. What if he doesn't want a car service business? Right. What if that's not what he wants to do? What if he wants to go to school? What if he wants to move away with his family and make this their starter egg for their life? Right. You've decided that because you, and then how pissed off he got when he realized he couldn't touch it, he couldn't make a decision without talking to somebody. Right. Because it's for a minor. Yeah. Like this. Which is a very normal thing and most often makes sense. Right. When you give minors that much money, I could put it in a trust to be debbied out or, mm-hmm. or what have you. And you can even extend that. Like when people get millions of dollars, even adults will put it in a trust that will help them divvy it out over time when they win settlements and shit. So, because mm. I can't imagine 
getting that much money at one time. Well, not hundred thousand I could, but like when we talk about millions of dollars from suing somebody. Right. Don't give me that at one time. Help help me meet that out. Like, out of curiosity, you put that money in a trust, and let's just say for somebody that whoever the kid is, they pass away before they turn eighteen. Where does that money go? Their parents. Oh, their parents get it. Yeah, so they're all three of them will be on the trust. Okay. But the child owns the trust. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's like a life insurance, a beneficiary. Got it. Just the parents are the beneficiary, unless, well, well for Terry, it might be different because right. he would have the option to, he would still have to complete the trust. Yeah. So it could go to Lawanda. It could go to his kid. Mm. It could, it could stay in the trust until little Terry's 18. Like mm. he would have the option to. That's just something I think about, man, because, you know, and this is, this is a tangent, but it's, it's really right on the money. Um, but um, you you got yeah good point. Uh, we have to start getting our affairs in order early because here's the thing: if you die and your money is inside of a bank account that nobody can access, that's the bank's money, mm-hmm. right? Like, and this I'm pretty sure millions, if not billions, of dollars a year fall subject fall in the cracks in the bank's favor in this way. What I will say, if you can prove kin, it's mm-hmm. relatively easy if you have a death certificate to pull that. We have to do that with my grandmother. Maybe, but here's the thing. You have to know an account exists in that place. Oh, true. If, if your family doesn't know where all of your you money is. You see what is, I'm saying? Yeah, like if you got like three and four accounts and your family doesn't know, yeah. So, so people get your affairs in order. And you don't have to have a lot of money to get your affairs in order. Just have accounts written down inside of a little booklet. Get a, get a fireproof box at Walmart. They're 20 bucks. There you go. And keep a copy. Of, this is what I do. Okay. Um, I keep a copy of all my bank accounts in that fireproof box. Mm-hmm. I keep a copy of my life insurance policy in mm-hmm. there. Um, my insurance cards, mm-hmm. my 401k information. Mm-hmm. Like Trees is saying, it doesn't have to be a lot. Yeah. But like also, like you say, people need to know that it exists. Yeah. Not even just if you die, something happens to you. Yeah. Or I'm we're here now. There has been a time where I ha- I went to jail mm-hmm. and my mom needed access to my money to get me out of jail. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I had a, my co- a copy of my debit card, a second card to my account in mm-hmm. this fireproof box, mm-hmm. and she was able to get it. There you go. It's just stuff like that. Like you never, you just never know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Or you get in an accident or something happens and you can't, it's just important. And depending on how much money you have, yeah. I would also offer, a lot of us are making a lot more money than we ever thought of. We don't know what to do with and we have children. One thing my dad taught me, um, he actually walked me through it when he started to make an obscene amount of money. He doesn't own any of his money. Okay, It's all in a trust. So if you were to sue my father right now, you would get absolutely nothing mm-hmm. because it's not his his paychecks go to his trust mm. and it keeps everything central. Mm. And so that's another way to make sure that if something goes wrong, you can control who and where it goes. Mm. Like even his bank accounts are in the name of his trust. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, man. We got to start being a little bit more money aware. Cause uh, that, that's, that's one of those ways that I think some of, some of the wealth of like, black america or just people in general we gotta learn how to finesse like these rich white folks working class people lose 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 family wealth man just by being secretive about their money which i understand but and the easiest way to build wealth i know it sounds morbid is life insurance policy for sure no matter how old you are yeah that's the that's the cheat code yeah Yeah. even if you if you're 21 if like you don't need a lot get you a little hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy and every five ten years make it bigger yeah it's it's 
make sure you don't not a, don't get a term life. Right. What, what you're talking about, get one that has like face value. Like right. A, I forget like a, a not term. What's the other one they call uh long term? Oh, I forget. Whole life. Whole life. There you whole go. Life. Whole life policy. There you go. Yeah. Don't get a term policy. Get like your life. job probably offers one. Mm-hmm. And you don't, with my job, I don't, it's balanced out where I don't really pay for it. Mm-hmm. You get a credit for like good health or whatever. Mm. And so I think it's eight bucks a month mm. for the amount that I have, which isn't a shy amount. Yeah. And because of whatever health credits I have, right. I don't pay anything for it. There you go. Um, it's beautiful. Invest in long-term disability. Mm-hmm. If your job offers that. Yeah. Uh, this is a tangent, but they're important things. Yeah, it's very important. That is, it's going to cost you four to five bucks each paycheck, mm-hmm. but it also ensures that if anything ever happens to you mm-hmm. and you cannot work for a certain period of time, you can still get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. That is so important, mm-hmm. especially with the craziness of the world right now. Mm-hmm. Please make sure you have long-term disability coverage. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's accidental insurance, you know, stuff like AFLAC, combined insurance, things that like, you know, if you were to get into like a car accident yep. or something like that and you can't work for X amount of period, they basically protect your income. Yeah. You know, these sort of things. Their wealth cheat goes guys. Yeah. Sorry, but that's kind of our jam. So, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, Flannery, you know, Charles Flannery bought it up about, you know, uh, passing things down mm-hmm. generational wealth. Yeah. You know, and it kind of starts generational wealth just kind of starts with protecting what you got. Yep. You get know. you a cute little Roth IRA. If you have a savings account, I would offer that you move whatever's in it to a Roth because mm. your savings account doesn't make any money. Mm. No, absolutely not. Yeah. A Roth. Inflation going to eat you up. Right. Get yeah. you a, a little Roth IRA, a bond of some sort mm-hmm. that has a higher interest rate mm. and it was going to function the same way. Mm. Yeah, man, cheat codes. Yeah, but uh, all right, we're back about fucking <laughs> selfish ass Charles Flannery and his ugly ass haircut he got. Oh man, okay, all right. So I guess we could just talk about the main event that happens here with Cato and Lamar dying. Okay, after B. Mickey told her that Meech and them is like family, but they don't make me feel how you make me feel. Yeah, dog. This fucking love story. Enough. Enough. What is fucking Grey's Anatomy? So. I was halfway right with the prediction. You were. You were. My prediction was, okay, I was 100% right with B. Mickey was going to have to pop her head off. And the poeticness of it. You did say he would say some shit like, I love you too, or whatever. Right. We said it was going to be a whole moment. (sighs) Now, but my prediction was that he was going to throw away the murder weapon, which he should have. Right. makes the most sense. And throwing away the murder weapon. And I thought, because I thought he was going to have to dispose of both bodies, the murder weapon and the gun. Because both were his bitch. Because both were his girl. And that it was going to be a moment. So what we got was an anticlimactic death of both both Lamar and Cato. And then, you know, I love you too, baby, shoots her. And then, you know, we did have the poetic moment because he was driving and he was flashing back to the, you know, different scenes from their relationship. Um, but B. Mickey, I did call this early on, too, about that murder weapon. I said that murder weapon is going to be a problem. It's going to yeah. come up somehow. This motherfucker, first of all, got found in the stash box. All right. They got found, they got found in the stash box. So the stash box wasn't even that good. And in real life, they, they weren't allowed to search his car. Well, I just don't know when it happened. Right. I feel like searching that car was something we should have seen. Yeah, because... The stuff we don't need to see, y'all want to show us. But the shit that's important that we need to see just needs to happen in the dark. Nothing. So, so... 
Coach Bryant is questioning B. Mickey inside this interrogation room. True. But the fucking murder weapon is sitting right next to him. There's a apparently a, a stash box in the interrogation room as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, missed that. He was just like, "Oh, here's the murder weapon," and B. Mickey's like, "Oh shit, I didn't even know you had that." Yeah, it was sitting right in front of you the whole time, bro. Just, I'm pretty sure you saw it when he bought it in because it was in a plastic bag that makes a lot of noise when you carry it. No situational awareness yeah. or mess. Oh, either plot God. hole or severe lack of situational awareness, which is how you got in this. And and let's be clear, was Coach was Bryant talking about committing tampering yes. of evidence and inside a record, of in a recorded <laughs> interrogation, interrogation room, room with a tape recorder pressed on record around a woman who already don't yes. He did all of that. I just want to be clear. He did all of that. Said out loud, you can tell me the truth about Meech and we can get this done and this can get lost on the way to inventory. Wow. That lady is gunning for you, sir. Wow. The balls on this gentleman. They they hang so low, they drag the floor to keep them grounded. Oh, my God. He needs to get them checked. (laughs) These low balls. (laughs) (laughs) That's called elephantiasis. Yeah, right. Fam, I, I couldn't, I had to rewind that to make sure that I wasn't like hearing shit. No, he said that. He said yeah, it. dog. He said it, emphasized it. Right. Fam, this comp, also, again, back to the people outside of the writers who are doing this show. We've spoken with the wardrobe lead. I would now like to speak with whoever's doing makeup on this show. Okay. This fifty three eighty five that you got low meat in. You said fifty three eighty five. That's a shade. I need you to like. <laughs> I need you to soften that up, right? We can see the pro filter. Yeah. Oh wow. We can see the concealer, and baby, the makeup job is immaculate. Right. Right. It's good. It's good. But I can all like I shouldn't tell. Like, B. Mickey look right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. he look a little smooth. Okay. But not made up. Okay. This nigga, Meech, got eyeliner on. Meech has had eyeliner on this whole season. No, that's fine. But today is pronounced. Like, he got a smoky liner on today. <laughs> you understand? His, his brows have been, like, laminated. You understand? Like, you can see the concealer under his eyes. Like, it's like it's great, right? It's photo ready. That's But funny. you can't do that under fluorescent lighting. Right. Right, and I guess I only know that because I take selfies a lot. Like, I know that you shouldn't have overhead bright lighting. Got it. If you don't want a flashback. Got it. The flashback is all around, like, they beat his face for the gods. <laughs> for the gods. Like. You think they penciled up his mustache a little bit, too? Listen, he was well-baked, well-filled in. Okay. Ben Nye banana powder all up under the eyes. <laughs> Love that for the doll. But we not supposed to see all that. Yeah, got it. It'd be little shit like that. See, men like me wouldn't have caught it. But you knew he looked really smooth. Yeah. Well, every time I, I see him, up, I see the, line, like, yeah. the eyeliner. Yeah. The the eyeliner for me was like the, the most pronounced thing. I've been seeing. I, it's been hard to shake all season. It's him being the only motherfucker in the pro filter that's bothering me. Like, why? Right. Did he go out drinking the night before he recorded this? Well, no. But if you pay attention, Meech kind of has bad skin. Little Meech. You know, no disrespect. You know He's what I'm 21. Saying? He's 21. Yeah. yeah. He got like the like the young You go through puberty again. Skin. Yeah. Every few years. Yeah. 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 So... You know, I, I could see them having to go a little harder on him, man, because his skin's a little crazy. Child, um, I guess, but, but yeah. it, go talk to A-Rod, because you know he got the little man versions of makeup out. A-Rod, the baseball player? Yes. Oh, I didn't know this. He's created like a, a 
movie makeup, but for men. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be, I don't know what the difference would be, to be honest. Makeup is makeup. Got it. But it's supposed to be less harsh and more manly. More, ma- more Just, masculine makeup? I'll, say it again. I'll laugh. <laughs> more, more masculine makeup? Right. I don't know what yeah. the difference is going to be. Like, how you use yeah. makeup is how you use makeup. Right. Like, yeah. whether A-Rod made it, whether fucking Rihanna made it, whether fucking Jeffree Star's racist ass made it. Like, it's, it's makeup. Right. It's makeup. But, yeah. yeah, it's just another point. Hey. Got it. Easy on that pro filter consultor concealer guys. All right, nigga, that shit crazy. All right, so they set Lamar up in the dumbest way. Well, I'm, well, it was dumb. You talking about the the setup where he knew he was being set up, or the setup when they got him at the at the at the little bar and lounge? The know? entire conundrum of it okay. is stupid. Yeah, they just killed the nigga in, in broad daylight, no masks, broad broad nightlight. Excuse me, in front of people. Yeah, mad witnesses. And I ain't gonna hold you. Again, you never seen Game of Thrones, but it was like Cersei's death. So Cersei was the Lamar of Game of Thrones, except she was worse. Like that bitch, she threw a child out of a tower. Oh whoa! Okay. First episode ends with her throwing a child out of a tower. Wow. Right. Um. And in the end, she dies because a bunch of bricks fall on her. Mm-hmm. She deserved to be like destroyed. Right. And with Lamar, I just. I needed this to be dramatic. I, this part I do wish was yeah. climactic. I needed this to be a thing. He got shot in the stomach and he, he died, died immediately. That's not how. And he died like Kane died at the end of uh, Menace, like <laughs> like gasping for air. It's like you got shot in the stomach, not the lungs, bro. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and that's a, but that's again back to the wrong PCA is the wrong Pixis stuff, like the wrong IV machines, yeah. like that's not. I think people think that because you get shot in the stomach, blood comes up your, but you're right. Yeah. You bleed out of your mouth yeah. when you get shot in your lungs. Right. Like, because that's where, that's how the, the air travels. Like it, tra- like things travel in that direction from the lung. And even looking at it, right? Like why is this wound in his gut bubbling? Like there's a fountain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is it gaping and it's like supposed to be like a burn of some sort? And he got shot with a hollow tip maybe? Cause that was a that's a huge entry wound. That don't look like that don't look like he got shot with a fifty cal. Hollow tips don't make big entry wounds. Entry wounds they just they make, make a big exit wound. They make a mess. Yeah. Like well, no, no, the hollow tips make. I think they make big entry wounds. They make wide ones, yeah, but not a mess upon oh, entry. Got it. They yeah. make, like you said, they make a mess upon exit and inside. The whole point of that is like to leave the fragments and fuck shit up on the way out. But right. it's a large hole, yes, but. Right. It looks like they lit fire to his ass. Yeah, it definitely looked. It definitely looked like something off of um, what's that? What's that Ben Stiller movie? Um, Tropic Thunder. Yes. It looked like a scene off of Tropic Thunder the way he died. And how did be Mickey aim at her head and shoot her in the chest? <laughs> we could see. He missed that wig. Well, I'ma peel that wig back. Dog. <laughs> he missed the wig, my nigga. Dog. Like, Shot her in the shoulder blade, my nigga. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of weird decisions that were made here. Is, a lot of weird decisions. That's my one, believe it or not, my one complaint about this episode. What? I wish that that had meant, even afterwards when they go to his mama house and get trash like that, I, I wish that that scene was more of a showdown. Mm-hmm. That's where I wanted Lamar to fight. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's it's, where I wanted all of the slick talk and shit like. I, I wanted Lamar to throw Cato on the ground and be Mickey go valiantly protect her or some shit. Like I wanted that to be a fight. Right. But he beat up Flamel for no reason. 
when he should have been fighting Meech. Like, yeah. Why did he beat up Phil Mel so bad? I feel so bad for him because <laughs> Phil Mel has not looked back. I knew, I just knew Phil Mel was gonna come back with a vengeance Something. and like join Meech crew. That's what's that would have made sense. The, the That's tw- too much like right. Twelfth Street just went out like some some suckers, like some suckers, bro. That's why they went out. And B. Mickey was not drunk. Let's make it very plain. He was not drunk. I don't care what they t- they telling us in these bottles. And why Lucille? I they never got a bonnet on. That's not real either. That's how I know the showrunner is white. Because no. none of these women have ever no. covered their hair. No, the showrunner is not white. The showrunner is a black man. That's the problem. Yeah, Randy Huggins. Shout out to Randy Huggins. Randy. Black women wear bonnets. Yeah, black women we wear, wear a bonnets. bonnet in the house, period. Yeah. If she still got her robe on, mm-hmm. she still has her bonnet on. <laughs> or a roller or something, because these curls be looking good. I do a good job at that. I will give them that. Ugh. Besides Meech and Big Meech and this horrible Shamar Moore wig. Right. They did a really good job of like hair and makeup and shit. Um, but black women wear bonnets. I ain't seen nobody put on chapstick and it's little shit like that get on my nerves. Nobody put on chapstick. I ain't seen nobody wash their hands. I ain't seen nobody go to the bathroom. It be little stuff like that that annoys me so bad about You saw TV. Lamar going to the bathroom? Nope. You saw him tuck and roll into the bathroom out that window? I ain't seen nobody take a shower. Like nothing. Like nothing. Nothing on this show has been just like life. And it's supposed to be a show about life. Oh, man. Yeah, we just trashed this episode so bad, bro. It wasn't good. What do we think B-Mickey does? I think B-Mickey gonna play ball with the police, man. I mean, shit. He, it's either that or he eat the bodies. Like, I, we bay ate the bodies, eat the bodies, niggas. That's what he should do. What is he gonna do? He probably gonna, for, for all dramatic purposes, they probably gonna make him talk with the cops. Because we still need... Because we still need an arch enemy next season. There's plenty of enemies in their lives. All I don't right. know that B. Mickey has C- to be one. We got Coach. Well, no, I don't think B. Mickey per se is one, but I think Coach has to be one. But also keeping in mind that T is leaving. Okay. So Where's T going? T going somewhere. He's following his kid. Even that was dumb. That's not how that. Went to Pennsylvania. I'm just talking about how you're not leaving with my son. And Da Vinci's a good actor. Okay. So they held him back from that. Because that was just the most unbelievable shit I've ever seen in my life. Right. Like. A lot of weird decisions. Y'all, we sound all over the place because this was all over the place. Forgive us. Yeah. it's I, That's what I'm saying. It was just hard to understand where to attack this man because. They didn't know where to attack it. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? I don't even know where you go next season. Yeah. So yeah. So fine. Yeah. B, I, to me, B. Mickey probably pay, plays with the police. You know. I don't think he does. Well, I think you're. I think he's going to carry around a certain animosity towards Meech for making him kill his girl. I didn't realize the nigga was so in love with her. He wasn't. Like I. That was weird to me. But fine. I think he gonna not play ball, and for some reason they gonna let him get out, and they got the murder weapon. I mean, that's dumb. But I feel like they're going to, and he's gonna hold it over Meech's head. And use it as some leverage to do something. Okay. That that's why I think that plays out. It's gonna be used as leverage. They're gonna owe him. It's gonna be a thing now between his dead soulmate and not um, snitching about these bodies, like, because mm-hmm. he, you know, I don't, because now you can't really tell what B Mickey's character is. Mm-hmm. They haven't solidified his loyalty about anything. If anything, they made it really shaky. This is weird. Because even the admittance of, all right, you got, you know, you're, 
you've seen Austin Powers, correct? Yeah, a long time ago. Remember the guy when Austin Powers was falling down the hill and there was a villain where if you asked him three times, he couldn't help tell you the truth no matter what it was. Right, yeah. Right? That's what B. Mickey did in that car shop. <laughs> All right, I got to tell you something. Right. Like he had been talking about this bitch forever. Yeah. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> right. She's been working for Lamar. Right. Nigga. You were supposed to tell me that a long time ago. Or not tell him at all. No, you were supposed to tell him that a long time ago. Right, but it's been too late now. Yeah. And then you ask him, well, what would you have done if y'all didn't tell you? Nigga, yeah, I'd have probably killed you too. Blowing your fucking brains out. Yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> In the words of Cam Newton, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. B. Mickey got the worst luck with the police, though. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, what do you think brings Terry back into the game? Money. I think that um, what his dad described in the car is best case scenario. Mm -hmm. You don't get best case scenario in a year. Mm. Um, I think arguing with his father about money. Okay. I think that Terry's a good businessman and his father is who he is. We don't get back into that because we disagree. Okay. But I think we can't agree that his father is not going to want to take instruction or suggestion from him about a business. Okay. And I think that becomes a point of contingency. And you're not going to clear 125 in the first year. Yeah, the math wasn't math. Because he said curiosity. $85 a day. And I was like. He said 600 a week. And you're going to be pulling in 100 or something. I'm like 600, 600 times 52. I don't, I don't know if that's how the math goes. It's not. Because I know how much I make. And I know how much I used to make at one point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because a thousand at fifty-two is fifty-two thousand. Oh, hello, right? So <laughs> yeah. let's see, eighty-five a day, right? Yeah. You don't work seven days a week. Yeah. You work five, right? Let's say six, just okay. to be generous. These are church-going people. Okay. They're gonna take off on the Lord's Day. Right. That's five hundred and ten dollars a week. So it's still not six hundred dollars a week. Okay. Let's say that you don't take any vacation time, which is feasible for these people. Right. Times fifty-two. That is twenty six thousand, right? Five hundred and twenty dollars. You have not paid for anything yet. Yeah. You haven't paid for gas. You haven't paid for car cleaning, for car maintenance. Mm -mm. The math wasn't math. Where you get a bucks from? And that's and writers. That's what we mean. Yeah. Now what, maybe they meant by car. Maybe they yeah. I think maybe they meant by car. But he was like, if we add a second car to the fleet, that's what fucked it up. When I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, what do they mean by car? When he was talking, and I was like. Add another car. Yeah, he was like, we add another car to the fleet. It pretty much pays for itself. I'm like, all right, so now you're making, what, 50 grand a year? Well, maybe they were they were talking about buying the business from that man, and there were four cars in front of his house, which is why I went with it first. Oh, they're talking about per car. Right. Because per car, that's still 100 grand. Even with the math you just did, how much How much did you say? It was 20-something? Yeah, still only $90,000. A you little, see what I'm a little. That's about a hundred. It's, 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 yeah, it's a little bit over a hundred, but he was yeah. like, that's like a hundred and something thousand. You haven't paid a single tax yet. You haven't paid <laughs> a registration. Math ain't math. Like you haven't. Yeah, I don't get that's That's a failing business. Maybe that was the point of showing us that. Like that business is not going to be in the black fam. That's what I mean. I think that's yeah. going to be how Terry comes back. I think that LaWanda thinks it's very valiant. We need to leave. Right. It's very easy to say that when you're comfortable. I can see this angle too because here's the thing: didn't didn't Mr. Flannery and Mrs. Flannery kind of go down in, as co-conspirators for this joint? 
So maybe like, okay, everybody, the whole family decides to get into this business. Now the business failing is a problem for the family. So they say, yo, why don't we just start running drugs inside these cars to, or to meet, make a profit margin? Or to meet this point, we can use the car to do whatever. Yeah. So like, so maybe the business has to meet succumb to that. Day. Maybe the business succumbs to like co-mingling with the drug business and the whole family gets on board Everybody with wins. this yeah. because they're invested into this business. Ta-da. And there's a legitimate leg of it and they can feel good about themselves. Yeah, there you go. I can see that happening. I can see that. Because yeah, at some point they have to introduce how they got into it. Right. Because we've been waiting for that. It's like at some point his parents stop fighting with him about it. Right. And it's not because they write him off. Right. Like they're, they get in it with him. Like. And and let's be clear, Terry just walked away from the game. That's not how that. The next day after telling Big L, we doing ten bricks a reup. Let me tell you something about no. What I do know, I've never sold drugs. I don't know anybody who has sold drugs. I don't know nothing about nothing. Okay, right? I'm not. This is all conjecture. Okay. Um, I feel like your plug does not care <laughs> if you have grown a moral compass <laughs> and now feel bad about this. Especially because she no longer she has made it very clear that this little flashy high yellow motherfucker is not to ever be seen in my presence again. Period. So he can't even go pay for these ten keys. He can't. I'm not taking no money from him. I'm not giving him nothing. I don't want a single part. Yeah. And I'm gonna come find you. Ex- ex- see, now that was that was to if, me maybe how Terry gets back into it. Maybe, but that's so dramatic, and that's not how that would have happened because Terry seems semi intelligent, mm-hmm. and he would understand. You can't. Your walk away conversation isn't just with your brother. Yeah, you gotta talk to the plug. You have entered into a contract. Yeah, you just said you. She you just said kids. she just said that's what I wanted to hear. When he was like, "Hell yeah, we ready." And okay, there's no that's... limit to where this partnership can go. Right. She has plans for you. Period. Period. She counting on your ten brick money. You bro. have made a deal with the devil, my love. Dog, I just, it's just weird to me, man. I just don't understand where they, again. It's a bunch like, of squares writing a story. The last, t- like these, these two things legitimately happened in the last 15 minutes of this show. So. D- and they d- were, these two things were episodes unto themselves. So did you not think that the viewers would not put this together? They did. Well, that like, yo, you can't walk away from the plug the way that you. Their viewers willingly watch power. Yeah, we we not fitting to start dissing the viewers now. We 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 on the side of the viewers now. Like the pe- no people who are watching Tariq for more things than just to laugh at him. Yeah. I am dissing you. If there is like <laughs> if there is like some value and you think it's a cinematic masterpiece, yeah. I get watching it because it's dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that, but people do that. Okay, if you're just like is if if it's just your soap opera, if it's just your general hospital of your day, right? That's fine. But I think that they think. Mm-hmm. That we be watching for the cinematic value and prowess. Right. We're not. We're not. We're not fucking you for your mind. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> like, that's not why we're here. Wow. It's because you got fat ass. Okay. Got Their it. shows have very fat asses. Big budgets. Nice people to look at. Got it. Mary J. Blige is there, right? Yeah. Cashed all her titties were here. They were They were definitely here. They were here. They hooked us. That's how they got the season two. It was all cashed all titties. I ain't going to hold you or fold you. It yeah. might have been. Yeah. But we are smart. Like, it's a, like, none of this makes sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm completely BMF'd out at this point. I need, I need you the guys break can from tell, it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sure you guys can tell. Yeah. But you know what? Who else going to keep it? I don't think nobody else is keeping it this real. 
No, no. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't think nobody else is keeping. We're not gonna mention any that. names, but we are probably the only people being honest. Yeah, man. Because and, and that's cool, man. You know, I, I like that everybody else is giving it his flowers and they're talking about the show specifically. I mean, we're talking about the show specifically, man. But this is these got to be things that some of our listeners have seen, had questions about. So this is just to validate, just to reaffirm to you. You're not crazy. You're seen. <laughs> you are heard. <laughs> you are heard. You have community. Right. <laughs> like, because some of this shit is bogus, nigga. Okay? Mugsy bogus, nigga. Like, it's just... <laughs> what the... F- I'm yeah. so t- this fucking wig. Yeah, that, that, that meets wig. That that's that put me in the coffin. I'm glad that was the last scene because that was the one that put me in the coffin. What, and they made sure to to give us that calendar so we know what year it is. Two thousand five. Yeah. I ain't never seen a calendar with a year that big in the middle of it. That's but. actually that's a thing. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. All right, bet. But why are you jumping ahead like this? I didn't know you needed a calendar in prison too. I didn't know like you were just granted a calendar. I don't. You get calendars in jail. Okay, you do. Yeah. All right, cool. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know time really. I, I guess that makes sense if you got like a meeting or something. But not even just that. They, it gives you something to look forward to. It calms people to know. Yeah, but, countdown. but see, I would think that like they don't want to give you anything to look forward to in prison. Like they're trying to like. No, actually, that's a tactic to keep people calm oh, um, and okay. to keep people well behaved. You're sure about this? You're, yes. This is, you're not freestyling. No, no. Um, it's a thing about you. Could, people when they have a date to either to get out mm-hmm. or to reach a milestone or for a visit. Got it. It reminds them that they could lose it. So if it's I'm three months away from getting out you think differently about how you're going to do something or my mama coming on Saturday and I'm, I can't get put in solitary for doing a, B and C Got it. or I'm super anxious about this, but my lawyers come in on Tuesday and I, that's the day to get it out. Got it. Or I'm, just counting down. Like just, I'm going to let you ride with it. I'm going to let you ride. With no, that's it. like a, that's, that's a, like a real thing. Yeah. Not even yeah. just in jail. That's just like a, a tactic of manipulation in life. Right. Okay. It's a Guantanamo thing. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, bet man, I let's um let's just fucking wrap this episode up, man. (laughs) On to the Rico Awards. Yes, God. (laughs) What's going on, Meech? Man, what the fuck y'all doing, man? You're under arrest, motherfucker! Hey, get your hands off of him! What the hell? Bullshit! What the fuck is going on, man? Get the fuck off me, man! Man, get off of him! What's the bullshit? I'm reporting this. What the fuck is this about, Brian? Consequences, motherfucker. Get his ass out of here. Let's go. What? Man, you got me fucked up, nigga. All right, six. The most unenthusiastic episode of all time. Child, this is worse <laughs> than when I was yelling the whole episode. Yeah, I think I think that episode set the tone for everything else that came after it. I like, think that gave us the freedom to be like, hey, yo, <laughs> yeah, this ain't that fire. <laughs> this ain't that fire. Well, I think right. once we said it, we could keep saying right, it. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So listen, man, you know, again, man, I, I, I hope... Even though it is a bunch of bashing, I hope that there is some legitimate, um, there are some legitimate morsels of information you as a listener can listen to because that we don't want it to be completely boring and like, yeah. like offensive to you as a listener. But you know, maybe there's things in here that just kind of make you think about TV differently. You know, maybe inspire you to tweet something that will maybe inspire this team to do better because there mm-hmm. is a possibility that this show can be a lot better. Just very simple things have to be addressed that shouldn't need to be addressed by the fans. Yeah, because we're not bashing the story. The story yeah. is important and amazing. Right. It's just this you have to take care of your characters and yeah. take care of the story. That's why I love The Wire so much. Yes. They took such, I say it all the time, they mm-hmm. took such good care of those characters. Yeah, they did. Like, I love Bodhi. I'm not supposed to. Yeah. 
Like when Wallace died, I shed a tear. Yeah, legitimately. Like, yeah. So it's just stuff like that. Yeah. All right, Rico Awards, man. Who do we consider the most important person in this episode and the most important scene in this episode? You go first. All right. Uh, we doing scene or person? Let's do both. Both at once? Yeah. You just want to hear my answers first. Yeah, sure do. <laughs> That's exactly why. You're going to tailor your answers around mine. Yep. All right. Uh, most important person to me, I'm just going to, I'm going to say B. Mickey, this particular episode. They, the, the police seem to like the nigga. They wanted to pull him over a hundred times. Okay. Child told him to get used to that position. Yeah. Well, I hate when y'all play with that. It's just be weird. Yeah. He, you know, he, he was dished an ultimatum that is obviously going to be a big factor into season two. I yeah. would imagine unless this show just completely, you know, tries to like segment out different points and times in these brothers lives. But I would imagine that whatever be Mickey's decision, whether he's going to work with coach or not, is going to weigh into season two. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, you know, he had to kill a girl that I didn't realize he fucking loved so much, but he did. His soulmate. Um, the stash boxes, you know, we were introduced to stash boxes through B. Mickey in uh, episode two, right before they killed J-Mo. Mm -hmm. he, he showed them the stash box. You know, that became kind of an important, I, I feel like that's going to become, the stash boxes are going to become very uh, uh, pivotal into the whole operation driving service thing oh yeah 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 i feel like that's stash boxes is gonna happen there that um, might be a point of contention too they mm -hmm. daddy not gonna know all these stash because t gonna give in because of money mm. they daddy gonna find a stash box mm. driving one day mm -hmm. i feel like he's not gonna know they're there oh and maybe that's how he gets pinned for bricks and things no because they yeah anyway. i just feel like they fight about it i don't know if that's how he gets pinned but yeah. i feel like it's how he realizes what's happening got it got it got it yeah um but yeah long story short my my nomination for most important characters be mickey okay this particular episode mine is kato okay um because she finally died she did and i've been waiting on her to die since <laughs> third episode yeah i, I fucking love bugs money fucking love bugs buddy dog we'll go say hi to him yeah. i just yeah kato because she finally died we got she was an obstacle we had to get rid of yeah um, I was very nervous they were gonna find a way to stretch her out into another episode, into another season. Okay. I could see how they would have done that with this fucking love story. Mm -hmm. You know, but love does not always win. Mm. So yeah, I'm just really glad to see her go. I feel like it was, it was an important thing to wrap up. For being honest, so right. Even though she died, it was really important they closed that loop to continue this story, mm. and it, with whatever success they're gonna have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Um, most important scene this episode. I'm gonna put in my bid for um I'm gonna put in my bid for the scene with Big L and them going to re up. Okay. And even though, you Talk know, it was a short scene, you know, I think Big L basically drawing the line saying that like, yo, all right, you asked for ten keys, nigga. This is what the order's gonna be from here on in. And do not bring Meech in front of me again. Right. Okay. Knowing that, like, seeing how this episode ended with T basically saying, I'm walking away from the game after making this big, huge commitment order to Big L, I just feel like that's going to be a huge point of contention going forward. Because he can't, like, we already talked about this. You can't just walk away from the game in that way. Like, it's not just a conversation that you have with your brother. Right. It's not just a conversation that involves your parents. 
this is a conversation that involves someone else's income, uh, you know, yeah. a, a whole economy um, that depends on you and your participation in it. So walking away is just not that easy. And I think that scene with Big L is to remind us that walking away is just not that easy. And I feel like another thing about that scene is 10 keys is now your minimum. She's yeah. she she puts a very heavy value on conversation mm-hmm. and people's words. She makes you you have to be a person of your word with her. Mm-hmm. So now that you've bought 10 keys, you may not buy five anymore. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I feel like if you try to buy five, she's not going to trust you anymore. Oh, yeah. You no, said you can it. handle it. So now the order's 10. Yeah, that's so that. Even if you try to downsize. No. Yeah. Manufacturer's minimal. Yeah. Like yeah. you said you can handle it. Yeah. Now, why can't you? So, yeah, I just I feel like that's going to be a thing, too. Mm-hmm. Even when Terry inevitably comes back, mm-hmm. he's gonna be like, oh, let me. I will only need five now. No, right. you get 10. Okay. Um, For me, I guess tied to that. The most important scene for me was Terry's quote unquote walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our first time seeing a real conflict between the two of them. Mm. Everything else has been kind of like brotherly fighting mm. in a drug game. But this is like his brother feels abandoned. Mm. Right. Like Meech. I think that goes back to what you're talking about mm. with the whole sometimes a person you, you would take a bullet for is one holding the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, exactly. I was right on the money with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think it goes back to that. It was just a weird way to do that. Is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but I told you, man, this show just makes double entendres yeah. and it does a lot of weird shit. But but I think that's a real conflict, right? Yeah. With that and trying to walk away, especially after you just you just found out I can't talk to the plug. Yeah. So you walking away means I have to walk away and I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and now even when you come back, in the back of my mind, when you get overwhelmed are you going to walk away again mm-hmm. and now in the back of my mind i need to find a different plug i can't trust this plug yeah so i, I just think it creates a lot of conflict between the two of them i don't know if they'll end up like exploding over it i don't i don't know that much of the story probably not but yeah. i think it will encourage the separation mm-hmm. so things can continue to run smoothly does does any of this show make you uh great shit by the way i think that that's a really good breakdown um, does any of this show make you want to read Big Meech's book? I don't know. He had a book. I think he has a book. I think that's where a lot of these quotes are coming from. Okay. From some BMF book, whether it's his or whether it's uh, autobiography of, you know, BMF. I'm not sure exactly, but I think there is a piece of literature out there that kind of like speaks on a lot of this stuff. Let's look on the Google machine. That maybe some of this stuff is coming from. But it, hypothetically speaking then until we know for sure whether there's a book does any of this stuff make you want to read it yeah okay there is a book there is a book otherwise mara shalhoop wrote it though not him who mara shalhoop it looks like mara Shal- shalhoop 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 is it like a jewish name i think so s-h-a-l-h-o-u-p okay i don't know how why a jewish name shalhoop i write that but but yeah, man. Um, does does you said uh, if some of these stories came out of here, it does make you want to read it? Because I'm pretty sure it's more in depth. Uh, you know, obviously you're probably using real names, real situations. You know? Yeah, I want the nonfiction version of this story. Yeah, you'll probably get it in that book. Like I'm, it's interesting. I do want to know what happened. I wish this was more in a documentary type. 
I think that oh, didn't you didn't we see that? that yes. There is an accompanying documentary that stars is now that's gonna be now, the one that I really want to see. Still a part of though. That's why I'm ner- we tweeted we not tweeted, but we put it on our story. Yeah, I, but you know what? I think I think I feel like fifty you know, and this is where I want to give 50 his flowers. I feel like 50 would probably do better in the documentary space than he would in in the produced space because because the 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 latitude is different. I think the responsibility to these details that we're not fucking with is a little different because it's all there. You don't have to you don't have to dance with it. You don't have to dance around it. Yeah. You just have to tell the story exactly how it is. I think he's definitely, I think he has a passion for telling these stories. That's why he keeps doing it. Yeah. You know, he has a passion. To, and then I think, you know, he probably finds pieces in all of these stories that resonate with him personally. So well, that, the Canon story is really about him and Preem's beef. Yeah. See, I would have guessed that. Yeah. yeah. Him and Preem. Yeah. I would have guessed that. So, so so I I feel like I feel like that's what ultimately Fifty really wants to do is like documentaries on real crime shit that actually happened. I feel like that'd be a way bet, better use of who of his talent and his connection mm-hmm. and his um connection to his access to capital, access to capital, access to people to talk. Probably, yeah. People you know. want to be a part of his shit, right? Yes. So he could get even Rick Ross, who hates his fucking guts. He could get him to be I, part of that. I doubt, I doubt he could. <laughs> Even if he couldn't, stars could. Maybe. Rick Ross would take a check to do it. Shit. Rick Ross would take a check to have a conversation with Big Meech. I'm sorry. I don't care what you say. A nigga wrote a song called BMF. I don't know. I, if, if it has to go through 50, I don't know. Well, again, I'm just saying right. the access to capital, the access to people. Agreed. That's a better, he's better served to do that then. Yeah. Because this shit you're doing here. You're damaging some people's. If he wasn't going to do this documentary, mm-hmm. if the show didn't get any better, he would have damaged the legacy. Because mm. mm. now we're just laughing at how dumb this show is. Yeah. But, well, and then, well, also, see, we're giving a lot of credit and um, veto power to 50, but Randy Huggins is actually the showrunner. I think he makes the majority of the decisions here. Well, Randy Huggins, come on in the room. You can get some of this too. What are you doing? What are you doing? I know he's. I know that brother's from Detroit, man. So I. So Bless I would imagine heart. it. <laughs> we said that this off, Randy. It's not a good thing. Yeah. All right. No, I'm glad. Like, I, black showrunners are amazing. They're important. Yeah. But especially. Being from Detroit, especially with a story like this, mm-hmm. you have to take care of this story. Mm-hmm. This is y'all's, I don't want to say it's your magnum opus, yeah. but this is a really important story to black people in your area. Yeah, it is. It's Be a it really, for good or for bad. It's an important story to our culture. But especially culture. to Detroit. Yeah, like, especially. It's your job to take care of this story. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if I had to summarize how I feel about this series in one sentence, it felt like a money play. Yeah. It didn't feel like... And maybe it is, but then I'm going to treat it like one. It shouldn't feel that way to the end viewer. It feels like a money play. You guys did this for the money. Um, I I pray that it was more to it. You know, like I said, I'm I'm glad to see that, like, the Flannerys are getting produ- production credits. Um, but, but if this was a money play, I'm thoroughly disappointed because it felt like a money play. It did. 
but also it feels like they're all using it as a way to set themselves up, which isn't bad either. Because mm-hmm. Lil Meech finna be in Euphoria. I'm excited know, to see that. Yeah. Southwest T, his business is really popular now from this. His, Insta- his car service? <laughs> yes. <laughs> his Instagram. He has like a, a storefront, a couple of them. His okay, Instagram dope. has grown. Right. Um, I think he is a promoter. Him and Little Terry are like promoters of some sort. Nice. I like um, that for them. So yeah. So like that information has grown a lot. Like they're everyone's getting something out of it. If Nicole wants to actually go on to produce or direct, she can, she has access to Tasha Williams now, like Mm -hmm. to 50 cent, you know what I mean? Like, and again, like I said earlier, if nothing else, this sets up big Meech when he gets home for success. Right. Yeah. And it's probably taking care of his wife. Like this is, even if it is a money play, which again, I hope it's not because you're right. I'm because I care about this story. I do. Yeah. But even if it is just a money play, Mm. It can be well served. Yeah. I'll be disappointed, but I'll get it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. Let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's with the verses. There's a verse for that. God, check this shit out. Look at this shit, nigga. Damn. <laughs> DMF. Yo, you really on your way to becoming the king of Detroit, me? Man, fuck the D, nigga. We taking over the nation. <laughs> then the whole fucking world. Shit. Yay, yay. I just wanted to come in on some Cube shit. I was about to say, you, all right, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, man, top 10 MC of all time. Yeah? I think so. Okay. I think he one of the most important figures in, in, in hip-hop music, for sure. For sure, for sure. I think being important in lyricism aren't the same. They don't have to Oh, no, nah, lyrics, you crazy. You got I'm young, I don't know. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm asking. You yeah. figure everything NWA is Cube. Then you got his solo career. Which just waking up, gotta thank God. Come on, man. It, I don't know, but today feels kind of odd. He he kind of like Pac in that way, where it's like Pac wasn't ultra lyrical. He just says shit that made a lot of sense, right? Like, okay. and Cube is that way too. Like, see, and, oh, this is just a huge tangent. Where where niggas get mm-hmm. con- Cube confused, like people associate Cube with like ultra gangster shit, but nah, Cube was really one of the first. He was a storyteller. Not only a storyteller, but he spoke up about like social injustices in a in a street in, in a yeah. way that like pertained to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like he was one Even of Even in today was a good day, yeah. He was one of those dudes that like like just the way he delivered it, you thought it was some ultra gangster shit, but he was he was a lot of messaging in his music. You know what I'm saying? So like he been he been on that conscious shit, on that like, you know, look what they doing to the community, taking our power back shit. He been on that, man. Okay. Um, but yeah, Q for sure, top ten lyricists. Okay. For sure, for sure, of all time. Um uh all right. There is a verse for everything. Who are we doing this episode? We are very cliche, like, but what feels appropriately, we're doing Dolph. Okay, so, so. we're doing young Dolph. Again, rest in yes. peace, young Dolph. God bless the dead. All right, so basically we are taking a Young Dolph verse that we feel like represents this particular episode. Yes. All right, go for it, Six. Um, again, very cliche, but I'm just doing Preach. Okay. The course of Preach. Keep keeping real with your dog no matter what. Preach. Same bitch decline, she love you, she'll set you up. Preach. Out here in these streets, it ain't no such thing as love. Preach. The only thing I trust is this pill stand in these slugs. Preach. Don't work, he'll fucking leech. I ain't got shit for a nigga 
Basically, cause the same nigga that you love will set you up. Kato set them niggas up. Mm. She was the whole time. Um, out here in these streets, ain't no such thing as love. Be Mickey, I need you to understand that. Mm. That's not real life. Um, I think the boys realize that too. Like you just gotta stay a step ahead. You gotta you gotta be a boss. You gotta think ahead and know what you're doing and know how to deal with being set up. I think that's one thing they've gotten better at because mm. in the first episode they were kind of being set up and they thought through it. Um, was it Terry who told them to go to the Pistons game? Either way, they have evolved in their they are now getting to list they allow people to set them up. Okay. To defeat it. It's it is appropriate. It felt right. Got it. Alright. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. Um, I don't know how conventional this particular verse is for Young Dolph, because again, I I wasn't the biggest Young Dolph fan, so I'm not gonna pretend like I know his discography. I really don't. Uh listen to a few songs here and there. I like his energy, but from a on a lyrical level i couldn't really couldn't really do too much of it mm-hmm. in one sitting um but i'm doing his i believe his last verse on real life you can't come up because you loyal to the wrong shit hey won't be loyal to the plug but loyal to the bitch damn i just got 50 in i just hit a lick damn bust down day day look at the flick of the wrist hey i used to didn't have shit nah. now i got a whole lot of head thumb yeah. a lot of niggas my dick and a whole lot of gold chain and a whole lot of bread nigga that come with a lot of head nigga you could have took the same chances that i took but you were scared nigga what you doing for me man what that verse represents is just kind of like the spoils of the risk yeah the drug game yeah you know what i mean like there's there's a like attention but like money there's a specific need that that selling drugs filled and then in filling that need it comes with a lot of spoils um, that are attractive to someone who, you know, is looking to get an itch scratched. You know what I mean? So, um, that you know, to me, that's what that verse represented. I, I don't, you know, I could be pulling that out of my ass here. No, that's a um, lot of what Dolph talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm doing this, but I'm not proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's what it is for me. Uh. We 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 did it, man. We stuck in for eight episodes. BMF. Ooh, child. We saw it through six. I'm we proud did. of us. We did because we love y'all, but we talked about. Do we want to keep doing this? Yeah, yeah. It it. I, I will say, man. <clears throat> how I came into this series, the excitement that I came into this series with, is not the excitement I left with. And, and it makes me sad because yeah. if you go back to the first two or three. We were really excited for this. Very. If you go listen to Cocaine Cowboys, you will hear us getting geared up and ready for this. Like yes. we planned three and four months ahead. Yeah. For this show. Right. Like. We did. And it just was a letdown. It was a letdown, man. So if by chance this does fall on the ears of anybody who is in the creation process of BMF, just send an internal memo. Y'all need to do better. No more love stories. Yeah, y'all need to do better, man. Just continuity. Yeah, like appropriate props. Yes, appropriate wardrobe. Your viewers are very intelligent, and I just need y'all to know that with every decision y'all make, they're very intelligent. They're very perceptive. We're not gonna forget. Yeah. So people can bend watch TV now. I can watch same episode three and four times. Yeah. Something doesn't make sense. I can go back. 
So just yeah, be careful. Please. Um, that's that, man. And that's just that on that. That's just that on that. Uh, you want to give them our social six? Yes, on Instagram we are Grams of Snow Pod. On Twitter we are Grams of Snow. Mm-hmm. Come say hello to us. Yep. Come chat with us. Talk shit with us. Talk that big shit, cuz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not gang banging, man. I, I don't gang bang. But we know. Um, thank y'all so much, man, for for staying with us on this ride. Um, uh, don't know what we doing next, but we still got success, succession going on. We have a couple one-offs planned. We have it. Was at least two or three one-offs we can do. Yeah. Until we figure out the next yeah. um show, so you will still get two episodes a week, yeah. right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. No, no, okay. I mean, so, not two a week. You're you still gonna get at least one a week. Yes, you still get one a week. <laughs> Succession okay. got what? What? Five more episodes left. Yes. So you definitely got got at least five more weeks of consistency. Um, no, we're gonna stay consistent. Period. No, I'm with that. But what yeah. I'm saying is, like, we don't know exactly where the consistency is gonna lay after. I tell you what, we're not doing. We're not doing anything else power related. No. So, so if you think that we finna come out with. Power book four, ain't five, no six. Canaan, ain't no power. Ain't no ain't, power book. Ain't no Tommy. Ain't no Tommy. We not. We not doing nothing else in the power verse, baby. We not doing nothing. Period in the power verse. Fifty no. Lee is not our. Yeah. That's not our ministry. That ain't. That ain't what we do. That cinematic. You know, we try. We'll mess with that documentary, that BMF documentary. Mm-hmm. We might mm-hmm. mess with that mm-hmm. Flores Brothers joint if that ever come out. Yeah. You that know. does look promising. If that that's if stupid. it's in English, I ain't gonna hold you. I don't like watching Narcos for that reason. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. He talked about it. Seemed like he teasing doing something on Snoop Dogg murder was the case. Absolutely not. We'll not be doing that because you're gonna ruin that. Oh damn. Okay. Say if less. you did this to BMF, <laughs> what you gonna do to Fifty? I mean, what, what you gonna do to Snoop? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But yeah, man, keep your ears to the streets, man. Uh, stay tapped in with us because we are coming with something. And send and us it, some suggestions. What do you want to see us cover? That be too. it a movie, be it a show. What do you, you know? That too. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, cool shit, man. Catch us when you catch us. Bye, friends. This has been an On Ear Network production.